Hey, in this show, Eric Griffin, very funny comedian, brings it. So he sits in. Ron Shake, who's the founder of Panera Bread, many of their huge companies, is going to give us his business insights. We'll do the news as well. We'll do all that right after this. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Eric Griffin, and the founder of Panera Bread, Ron Shake. Plus, we'll do the news and some trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, so angry you could light a menorah off his forehead. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a church. Get it on. Welcome to the show. Eric Griffin is in studio. We love Eric Griffin. Eric's got shows coming up uh, yeah. all over this man's country. Um, let's see. I don't even know how to pronounce this first one. Benario, New Mexico. Is that all right? Yes, Quesada Comedy Cantina. It's in the in a casino in New Mexico. Ah, that's why it's I not a New Year's it. gig, but it's the Friday and Saturday of New Year's. And La Jolla Comedy Store coming up January fifth through the seventh. EricGriffin.com is where you go. All right, uh, so much to get into with uh, Eric. Uh, first, just uh, a side thing because I'm everyone in this room. Chris is here. Uh, we all like to eat. Um, I think about things. That I love and that I never eat. Oh, like what? Okay, I have a couple hypotheses. Okay. One is, is I think most Americans, including myself, probably eat 10 turkey sandwiches for every one egg salad that I eat. But I like egg salad better. I just mm. rarely eat an egg salad sandwich. I think that's that's a physical thing. It doesn't stay in the bread. It falls and flops out. I even like gilding the lily with egg salad on toasted egg bread. Ooh. Like an egg on egg crime. <laughs> now, I love an egg salad. I'll just never I, I, I never order it. I think it's the consistency and what it looks like. Yeah, uh, I think a, a a turkey sandwich is more aesthetically pleasing, much easier to handle for sure. Yes, much easier to handle, and something about it. But I, yeah, I'm thinking about it. You just made me think, like, hmm, if I had, when's the last time I had an egg salad sandwich? You're right. It was 32 turkey sandwiches ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, well, I it's do. It's easier to eat. It's easier, it's easier to, to make eat. a turkey sandwich. I, I, and it's not available everywhere. I get there's a lot of reasons, but I still realize that I do like egg salad sandwiches. And never eat them. It's a superior sandwich. I, I no agree. Question. And now here's the next one. What about tuna, though? Fish and chips. Oh, yeah. I love fish and chips. Yeah. I almost never order fish and chips. Here's the, the thing, this, and this is why. 50 I'm, turkey sandwiches yeah. before the fish right. and chips. Yeah. Well, right. the fish and chips also, I mean, obviously, you have your health concerns. Like sure. It's just it's bad and it's bad for you. But the um, you got to get the egg salad and the fish and chips fresh. Yes. You can't get them pre-made. They don't. They don't. 
I get it. You can't well. go into the, the subway and get the egg salad and all that. But I'm just saying, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get mired in economics or mechanics here. I'm just saying I've never not enjoyed fish and chips and almost never order fish and, and chips. chips. As a matter of fact, the chip dipped in the tartar may even be better than the ranch. Especially if you get a little ketchup mixed in with that that tartar. I know what it is. Hmm. Okay. When you go to a place that has fish and chips, there's better stuff on the menu. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. Because when you go to a fish and – unless you're going to a fish and chips place, which you don't normally do, and there's not a lot of them, because you don't want necessarily fast food fish and chips. But if you're going to, like, say, a steakhouse yes. or like a mm, nice restaurant, problem. you look at that and it's like, well, I'm not going to get fish and chips when I can get a T-bone. They don't even have fish and chips at the upper end. Well, that's what I'm places. saying. But when, yeah. if, if they do it, it might be an appetizer or, might, or it's on the kid's menu. Right. Yes. And that's what it is. Yeah. All right. To that point, I ordered fish and chips at the smokehouse one <laughs> night. And it was not good. Oh. Uh, and the oh. best fish and chips, you got to get at an Irish pub. Mm. Ireland's 32 uh, over in Van Nuys has the best fish and chips I've ever had. Well, and I'm that's going. another thing, too. You're not going to an Irish pub. You know what I mean? Now, I, it's just not a thing. You're going, all, like, you if you're going to dinner. dinner, you're like, hey, you want to go to dinner? <laughs> the first choice is an Irish pub. I get all of what everyone is saying. I'm saying simply I enjoy fish and I chips, and I never order fish <laughs> yeah. and chips. You do, do the malt vinegar. I don't even know what to do I with like it, but the I malt put it vinegar. on everything. I yeah. like the lemon, the malt vinegar, the tartar sauce. It's all good. And now the one I thought of in the dessert department. Oh, here we go. And this... This walks a very fine line between dessert and, and sort of breakfast stuff. Okay. Because pancakes are considered dessert, but practically they're dessert. You know, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. flour and sugar and, yeah, yeah. you know, syrup and everything. Delicious. The thing that I love that they used to even have fr- a frozen version of that was really good that I probably haven't eaten in 26 years, a Blintz. Mm. Blintzes are fucking awesome, and I've never ordered a blintz. You get the strawberry jelly in there. You but that's wave like it a by. Crepe. Crepes up there too. Yeah, Crepes, yeah. Mm-hmm. blintzes. They used to make a frozen blintz, I think, and like microwavable or something. Blintzes are great. No, I've never been out with someone who ordered a blintz. No. I've never said, <laughs> ever heard anyone say I'm in the mood for blintzes. Right. I've never based any restaurant choice on the blintz. I don't have a blintz place. I, there's yeah. no, but it, they are awesome. I think that desserts are kind of like television shows. If you think about the last 30 years, there's three times, types of shows. It's either going to be a firehouse, yeah. it's going to be a hospital, or it's going to be a cop show, right? Right. But maybe I want to see the the carpenter guy or the. Thank you. There are other occupations. You know what I mean? There's other occupations that we can see that there could be drama around it. So I think that desserts work like that. It's going to be pie. Yeah. You know, sherbet, ice cream, and some sort of cake. Blintz isn't even offered as a dessert. (laughs) I don't see Blintz on. Blintz is basically to breakfast what the Bloody Mary is to drinking in the morning. It's it's like it's really just dessert for breakfast, but it's called a Blintz, and it's you can you can order it for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like maybe this is deli. Maybe I need to get to the deli. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. But even when you go to the deli, there's like you you go to the deli and you pass that great glass dessert area and they got cookies and all kinds of stuff. You find yourself still going, what kind of cheesecake do you have? There's better stuff. Yeah, Yeah, Blintz is like the scone. It's like, who's literally going to pay money for this? There's other things that you could buy. Let me ask you guys something. I'm I'm, I'm going to eat with my wife the other night in in West LA, Cover City, Venice. And we go to this place. It was called called Beef and Rice. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was the name of the place. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it said, World Famous. Mm. Yeah. World famous gets thrown around a lot. I mean, right? There should and, be a so, sanctioning so if body. I, if I'm in Minnesota exactly. and I go, hey, you guys heard of Bean and Rice? And they go, oh, on Venice? In, uh, Minnesota, <laughs> in City? Sri Lanka. It's, <laughs> it's the world. World famous. Yeah. It's just like, like there should be some sort of commission that officially makes something world famous. Like I realize you could just buy a sign and just say world famous. It's a lot of oh, it's yeah. self-proclaimed. But it was fine, you know? It wasn't like it was bad, but I just thought I don't know if this is world famous. <laughs> they they use it when they're clearly not world. You know, McDonald's <laughs> doesn't use world famous. Right, right, you right. know what I mean? And, yeah. and neither does Tavern on the Green or they places that are actually <laughs> world, world famous. Famous don't don't use it. K-Rock I, used it. They K-Rock use it. Radio, world famous K-Rock. The thing about K-Rock which started in the 70s in like over a little place in Pasadena over maybe a dry cleaning place or something like that. They used world famous ironically. Like they yeah. they did it because you you know, like calling a fat guy stretch. It was like they yeah. used it to make fun of themselves because there was no smaller radio station than K Rock at the time and nobody and their signal was for shit. So you had to be like in the Glendale Pasadena yeah. it area. Like a, it was just like an AM station. It, initially it was, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I know you're into sports. Love sports, let's do it. Um, this has to do with sports, but it's sort of tangential, which is I was watching college football a couple of Saturdays ago at a sports bar in Nashville. I think I was watching Oregon play and I noticed there's two things I noticed. I noticed it in pros and, and in college, a lot of guys have the mouthpiece the mouthpiece is just dangling from the front of the helmet. I don't see it in their mouth. Like mm-hmm. when you watch a guy do a pick six in the NFL, the mouthpiece is just a counterweight, just <laughs> slapping. It's called unsprung weights, just pulling and rocking. And it, it, it. So like when I played football, they had a rule. You had to have your mouthpiece in your mouth. It's a big deal. Like in terms, oh, here's interesting. In terms of being concussed, you have a much better chance if you're biting down on a mouthpiece than biting down on the teeth above and below. Like boxers, to get a concussion? No, to not get a to concussion. Not, okay. Right, right. Like boxers, there's a type of mouthpiece that helps a lot in terms of being concussed, right? So you would think these guys don't want to be concussed, and you would think the league, which is nuts about concussions and protocols and everything else, would require require them to keep the mouthpiece in their mouth, but they don't. It's dangling from the front of their helmet, and you can watch almost any play. You'll see, like, the wide out will be split wide. The corner will be in the, in his position, shading him to the inside, playing up on the line, and both their mouthpieces are just hanging when the ball is snapped. So 
Then the next question is, why do you even have a mouthpiece? Like, if it's just going to be swinging from the front of your helmet, why? There's evidently no rule that says you must have your mouthpiece in. Right. And you certainly don't use it because I've just watched you do five plays in a row with the thing swinging around. <clears throat> so why why is he even on the helmet in the first place? And in college especially, the mouthpieces are different colors, different than the team colors. I'm watching huh. Oregon, and I'm seeing a guy out there in a red mouthpiece. There's no red on the Oregon Ducks. Very distinctive. See, I think Byron found team. a picture or this tells or me two of this. This this tells me how boring college football must be. Now, just I'm the only one who notices. of it. I I go nuts. Here's uh, Mizzou. All right. I think that they hot have- pink mouthpiece <laughs> on a yellow and black uniform with no other hot pink. Represented on that uniform. That could be the breast cancer awareness mouthpiece. All right. It's not. It's, it's not because they, they were playing this. This was we've saw, we saw this what two weeks ago. Yes, they're yeah. they're they're past. This. Sometimes they're lime green. Yeah, Sometimes. they're just that. Look, pick a color that is represented on the jersey. That's what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. there's a rule that it has to be a different color so they know that they have a mouthpiece. No, because some are the same colors as the team. So like some guys will do it. So it's it's almost as if they're using them to be individualistic uh, from the team, right? I like think they're gets, required. Their own I think they're required to have a mouthpiece, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're required to wear it all the time. That's weird. Yeah, right and I, there. And I think that the rules in football have changed so significantly. I think back in your day, uh, you know, the football was way more violent. So it was like you must wear this mouthpiece because – and now that the rules are so – I don't know if people are getting as concussed as they was before, they were before. Oh, they're getting concu- – well, they're very concerned about concussions. Mm-hmm. And if you're very – and the NFL – do you have any Oregon Ducks pictures, which is what we're asking for, uh, Byron? Sorry. Um, the – or any other pictures of uh, crazy mouthpiece we can look at? Um, so – uh, oh, well, there's uh, there's Seattle. It could be a company, too, that that's their color, and that's how they, you know, that's how they're going to do their advertisement. But anyway, it's another Seattle with a fuchsia color. There's <laughs> but there's there's the Colts where the guy just has the fake grill in there. Like Where's that. Oregon? That's my that's my question because that's the well, thing. Well, that guy has it in. He's wearing it. I think running yes. backs, running backs wear it. Running backs, running backs wear it. Um, I would say wearing a mouthpiece helps in terms of being concussed. I would say they are going nuts with all the rules about helmet to helmet yeah. and protocols and not coming, you know, waiting. If you are concussed, you have to spend two weeks out and so on and so forth. I would just think that they would be more aggressive about. Wearing the, the, yeah. Saying you have to have your mouthpiece in your mouth when the play starts. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Well, for me, I think it's kind of nasty. <laughs> you know, you're playing. If I'm playing defense on you, and I'm this close to you, and your mouthpiece is just dangling, and it's, it's all full of slobber, it's just, yeah. it's just slobber all it. over it. And yeah, you, you know, and you're running, and it's just slobbery. I don't know. <laughs> well, it looks like a lot of these people are wearing their mouthpiece. I mean, I'm, I need to see some more pictures. Where's of my on Oregon? I think Does it is exist? a company that, they, that there's a company, and that's their their colors. The green is one company, maybe the pink is another company, and that's how they. All right, here, here I'm sorry. They have black ones. Okay, here's my. I'm the commissioner. Okay, here's the deal. 
just like a pitcher in Major League can't go up there with an orange glove. The pitch, there's rules. Gotcha. You say it like it's called a uniform. You're allowed to have a black one, and that'll that'll apply to any uniform. But if you're going to pick a color, the color has to be represented of your jersey and your team like, and your team's like color. That should be orange, which like doesn't <laughs> seem that tall in order. I was it just doesn't to, seem that difficult. When we were in Nashville, I was talking to Whitlock about this, and he says it's akin to like baseball players with their gold chains. Mm. You can just do so it's sort of a Jason Whitlock, yeah. It's kind, it's kind of a <laughs> he's guy. great. I, I mean, it is it sort of a God. Who were there? What was that rap group who wore their pants backwards? Chris Cross. Chris Cross. Are they just kind of making a statement? That that's but what I'm. Football saying. has a lot of rules. Like you can't wear certain color shoes. You get fined. You do. Yeah. In socks. They, you they get fined. So maybe yeah. they're getting fined for that. We just don't know about it. They're making so much money. They're just like, all right, whatever. That's what you I'll pay to find. Well, first off, we're looking at college half the time. Oh, I mean, right, right. Oregon. Yeah, they're getting paid too, though, man. Oregon Ducks. <laughs> if that team was getting fined, then someone would tell the DB to switch out that right. mouthpiece. <laughs> yeah, all right, where's my Oregon fine. Ducks? Yeah, you just is like, man. You like you, you're looking at the game. Imagine being distracted by that. It's bothering the shit out of me because <laughs> it does. It bothers me. they have an equipment manager. Yeah, I get it. They, I get they it. They shouldn't even be responsible for their own mouth. I saw one player. I don't think it was the Oregon game. He had even like a message written on the the long dangly part. None of that. Maybe, just a, maybe this it's is called a uniform. Maybe this is just an oversight by the commission. You know, and then they're gonna they're, maybe they're seeing it now. And they're gonna be like, all right, next year. Your mouthpiece has got to be a certain color. They're going to crack down. Yeah, this this yeah. may be a loophole. Right it's now a loophole, I yeah. think. You know, because it's like not it's not really it's it's a personal equipment that you need to have. It's like the people who in, who are undergraduating they put a weird message on top of their cap. Yeah, I don't like it. It's got to match the <laughs> uniform. It, it can either be a neutral black or it can be something one yeah. of two colors that is represented in your uniform. It cannot be. A third color that doesn't exist in your uniform. Yeah, but now that's you're, all. But now you're talking about you have to get these specifically made. How many are you going to make? What do you, you mean? Know, every, cost. Everybody <laughs> gets a black one. No, but that's I mean, how it works. But I'm talking about with the co- the color ones. Now you got to go and be like, "Hey, company, make me you know 500 of these, uh, yeah. you know, for for my team." All I, unnecessary. Yeah, I Just, saw the the Harvard wrestling team uh, during my layover in Denver last week, and they obviously they weren't wrestling at the time, but they were all wearing the exact same thing, the same backpack, same shoes at the airport. At the airport, yeah, yeah. when they travel, I like, that's yeah, how they that should that be. Too. Yeah. All right, where's Oregon? You don't want to get them lost. All right. Not no. What happened? Didn't we ask for Oregon at the time? I, I, th- I mean, it may not be readily available on. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a white mouthpiece. Yep. Still not well, represented. Kind of color, yeah. Not represented. Represented in the colors of the team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's you called white uniform. So- if you have white socks, you can all have right. a white Well, he mouthpiece. picked a shit picture. So I guess <laughs> we're, we're done with whatever game from two weeks ago where I was seeing it left and right. But all right. Uh, all right. I'm distracted, but I'm ready to move forward. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. All right. Uh, so there's this whole kerfuffle in Congress with the um, with the presidents of Harvard and UPenn and MIT, MIT, MIT all represented, and then yeah. they got raked over the coals and and everything else. And I I figured out the dynamic as to what happened mm-hmm. because because the problem is is. 
people are saying, well, they brought these women up and then Stefanik grilled them and then they were sort of combative with their answers. And now one of them got fired. And I've explained a million times. We are now in a new world order. I think the one who apologized, who issued the video apology, then got fired like the next day. Really? Apologizing doesn't work anymore. That's from a 80s, 90s publicist playbook. Just walk it back and we'll turn the page. She resigned, by the way. Yeah, all because she was going to get fired. So they were going to take a vote the next day. But the the point is, is A, the best strategy is no strategy. Don't say a thing. Just don't. (sighs) Don't offer the apology. The apology just re-reminds everybody. Even after this, though, you don't you don't want them to say anything after. Then this. everyone, but then everyone goes, "Oh, you're apologizing. You got asked six times the same question, seven different ways, and you said no each time. How is this? You've had a change of heart about this 48 hours ago. You were just pressured to apologize, and now we look at you as a bad person and a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You need to start a PR company. I should." All right, we uh, we put together a little tape just to this is the little recap the grilling just to remind everybody. It's not this one; it's the one I we transferred you. Just to remind everyone what it what it was. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know these places of higher learning. You know, you think about Harvard. Harvard was the place. You know, for like forty years, you would think like the smartest people in the world came from Harvard. Everyone thought that, but they've sort of pulled the curtain back, and now we've seen the little man who's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, sorry. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Dr. Kornbluth, does at MIT does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. That would be um, investigated of, as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today, calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Wait, and Dr. Pause Gay. It there. If oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Becomes, no, if you're saying <laughs> kill the Jews, well, yeah, if but they, if you actually kill Jews, then it, it can cross a threshold yeah. into discipline. Like, like if this the is speech re- becomes ridiculous. conduct, that's, insa- that's an insane response. Like, that, like, I'm baffled right now. That is absolutely the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, you know I'll what I mean? explain the phenomenon. Uh, I mean, how, like, this lady <laughs> should be fired. She, she, this is the one that resigned. She resigned. Yeah, please resign. Like, what kind of stupid answer is that? If, 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 okay, so that means she basically just said you can have a rally. And at the rally, you could be like, eliminate the Jews. And then that's okay until you get in the van and head towards someplace to actually eliminate Jews. Yeah. What? 
Well, if you said he had a rally, said lynch the blacks, that would be fine. Right. Unless right. you lynch the yeah, black, right. and then it <laughs> yeah. might yeah, 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 yeah. hit the requirements of a hate crime. Yeah. Like, go, but you can go buy the rope. You can right. go, uh, you know, rent a hall that you're going to do it. But until there's actually blacks in there. You know, we'll investigate. We'll investigate. Yeah. Like, man, like crazy talk. That's well, crazy. Well, run it back 20 seconds just so we can hear her say it one more time. Which is awesome. decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct... It can be harassment. Can. And Dr. Oh. Gay. Stop at again, Harvard. please. <laughs> so she's saying that there's uh, there's still even leeway right. that it, it can. can become uh, you know a harassment. And, and she's being very careful. Harassment. Right. That's what it is. Harassment. So so even if they're actually on their way to perform genocide on Jews, there's still some leeway. And and what you're going to call that? Like you know, it's like. You know, the, you know what you know. You know what the problem is here is people have two personas. They have this sort of online public persona of I have to pretend to be a good person, and then they have a persona of who you are in your private group chat with your friends. And mm-hmm. I think we need to live someplace in the middle there. Mm-hmm. All right, we have a little yeah. bit more, and then I'll I'll give you the dynamic, please. So sorry, but this is like so infuriating. If it is, if the speech becomes, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. And Dr. Gay at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Said the same thing, targeted right? as an individual. Yeah. Targeted as, at an individual. It's so targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct. Correct. Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. <laughs> okay. All right. So wow. now uh, let me tell you what just went on. What just went on was not three very well-educated middle-aged women thinking or condoning it was a good idea to commit genocide on Jews. That wasn't that. This is women arguing with women. (laughs) Elise Stefani. So that was the view right there? That was the view. Well, that was the view when so that they, was Whoopi, Barbara Walters, you know, when they had opposing view. Points. Well, that was the view when they didn't root out the ones who disagreed. Right, with them. right, right. So right. what what happens is Elise Stefanik is a woman. Now, see, and she's a Republican. And those three women are clearly progressive Democrats. Yeah. And they weren't going to let that bitch put words in their mouth. So. First off, they all gave the same answer, which meant they would all kind of were working off each other. But it was basically like a cop was interrogating a criminal and they weren't given answers. But that was a female on female battle <laughs> that had nothing to do with facts or Jews. That was 
I'm not going to be hauled in front of this bitch who makes 130 grand a year and have her put words in my mouth, and I'm not going to agree with her. That was just that was a disagreement. That was a someone. If if at least Stefanik had said, "Can we? Can you just admit that the sky is blue?" They go, "Well, in context, in context, <laughs> there's many other variations yeah. and many shades of blue." Like they were going, "Bitch, you ain't telling me what to say." I didn't come in here to dance for you. So it could so have they, been about anything. It, it could have been about anything. And it was it was politically driven. If yes. if she okay. If Elise Stefanik was a black female Democrat and couched the same way, they would have went, I agree. Of course you can't they would have agreed with her. But their whole thing is I'm not gonna agree with anything this bitch says, and I'm not gonna let her bully me, and I'm not gonna let her put words in my mouth. And even the one who I think it was gay from Harvard. Yeah. One of them just said, look, I'm sorry. I got caught up in a battle. I have her statement to the Harvard Crimson. Oh, you have it. Right. She says, "Uh, I am sorry. Words matter. I got caught up in what had become at that point an extended combative exchange about policies and procedures. Right. So they may be scholars and they may be presidents of the biggest universities in the world, but they're women first. They're women first. And that was chick on chick battle right there. You know what we saw? We saw a private group chat public. Oh, yes. this is the, this is the group chat. Also, yeah. anyone they, who's... They were in text like, bitch, you don't tell me. <laughs> anyone who's ever argued with a woman knows that that's how it works. They're never going to go, you're right. You're right. I was wrong. We should have done. Uh, they're, they're basically having somebody they hate say, say what I'm saying is right. Tell me it's right. And they go, nope, I'm going to use every ounce of word salad to disagree. (laughs) But they have, they must have looked at this footage and, or they went back to the people who are like in charge and they were like, what the hell did you just do? Like, what's worse? Right. That they believe that nonsense or that. He's right about this exchange. They like, can't believe like, it. Like, I don't what think I'm they believe it. Both are, they both, it's just it's idiotic. I'm saying you can get a woman to argue against something she believes in once she's engaged with the argument because she just wants to beat you. That's how it works. And I think yeah. if you went back and Damn. looked at film of any argument you've ever had with your wife, <laughs> she'd probably feel bad and someone would tell her to resign. Let me tell you when you know you're – let me tell you when, with my wife. I know when I won an argument when she goes like this. Huh. Mm-hmm. You're yelling at me. You know When they start, when they uh-huh. start going uh, to what you – or how you're arguing, you won already. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're running, running out of stuff. Yeah, because now it's like we're going to – we're going to like – let's pivot. Well, the other tell that you won an argument with anyone is, you know, they'll go um, – there's a woman argument. But dudes will do this too. Like you'll go, hey, I came home uh, after being on the road uh, pretty late last night. And the garage door was open. I, I told you you got to close that garage door. It's a security thing. you know. And they go, I didn't leave the garage door open. And you go, you didn't leave the garage? I didn't. I left two days ago. I didn't leave it. Up. Well, it must have been uh, you know, the garden or something. You go, <laughs> and then at some point you go, well, look, I got ring doorbell footage of you. And they go, <laughs> this is the one they go. They go, when did you become obsessed with the garage door? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not obsessed with okay, garage door. Columbo. It's not yeah. even about the garage door. <laughs> no, anymore. it's about security yeah. and who left yeah. it open. Not an obsession with rolling doors. <laughs>
<laughs> That's him. He's like, oh, one more thing. One more thing. So yeah. here's the rig footage of your. Yes. So well, anyway, that all was... that was is I will bet that most of those presidents, when they left the, the congressional hearing, probably were like, yeah, well, what's wrong with that? You know, and people were coming up to him because. Oh, their when, texts are blowing up. When you're in argument yeah. mode, you're just in. Uh, there were just. They weren't in, I hate the Jews, or I think genocide is good. They were in, bitch, don't tell me what to say mode, but and they were all arguing. Adam, I have to say this. I would have preferred that. I would have preferred them ladies say, hey, you need to talk to me differently. Mm-hmm. All right? I would have said, you know, I don't like your tone right now, okay? I would have preferred that. I would have preferred these three women use their intelligence that got them to be the presidents of these, you know, colleges, use that intelligence in that moment right now. Because that shit that they just said right there is stupid. Well, it's, like I said. Stupid. All, all out the window once the, 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 the again, Politician, second. Uh, president of Harvard, second. Woman, first. first. That was a woman-on-woman crime. Whew. And if it was done by a Democratic woman who was asking in a different way, we would have gotten a completely different answer. That's what happened. All right. I got uh, I got other things to get into yeah, it, with yeah. Derek. We'll take a quick break. Come right back after this. Better Help. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Not every family or community does gifts this time of year. And whether or not your family does gifts during the holidays, you should give a gift to yourself. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Whether it's by starting therapy or just treating yourself to a day of rest, give yourself some love this holiday season. I love therapy. I feel it's so important. It really changes the direction of your life. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and it's flexible as well. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take care of yourself this year with BetterHelp. Right, Dawson? In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Corolla today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Corolla. But you can't have a fat Jesus. That, I mean, fat Jesus would change the whole story. I mean, imagine you put 250 pounds on any story, it's going to be different, you know? I mean, I mean, imagine the logistics of trying to get Fat Jesus on the cross. You got to have a rope and pulley system. They're trying to nail him, he's sliding down. <laughs> All the miracles will be different. He's walking on water, waist deep, I'm your Lord. The Last Supper be a buffet. You know what I mean? <laughs> Judas would be at the buffet going, really, really, Jesus? That's a lot of ranch you're putting on that lamb. Eric Griffin is on the Adam Carolla Show. I was, I saw something sad at the uh, McCarran Airport oh, a couple of days back in Vegas. Um, I passed, I hate dogs in an airport. I hate people traveling with their dogs. 
I hate it, not because I hate dogs. I, I believe it's emblematic of our country, narcissism, and us going down the gutter. So I, I use it as a metaphor for America. Got it. Not so much that I'm allergic to dogs or hate dogs or anything like that. But I passed something I'd never seen before at the airport was a oversized <laughs> vending machine dedicated to dog treats and toys. Oh. Dog treats and toys, which means it is on because your dog doesn't know you left town like your kids. You don't have to bring them a snow globe of San Francisco, you know. (laughs) The dog's not disappointed when you come home empty handed. He's just happy you come home, you know. But this means my dog is at the airport and I got to get treats for the dog or a collar or leash. They had everything in a doggy vending machine. I I wish I would have known you were talking about this because I have a picture of a dog that was sitting in front of me, and it was a ginormous pit bull that this woman – it was her – On the plane. On the plane. This was her support animal, mm-hmm. and she had an attitude about it too. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, are you kidding? This is like – it was like a support lion. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like it's like like really, like maybe you shouldn't travel if you need a hundred and seventy five pound dog to to do anything in public. Maybe you shouldn't be in public. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like that's that's a ridiculous sized dog to just be out. And then the lady was like, "Well, you can't sit in the emergency exit." And, she, and the lady was like, "Well, this is my support." Like, get get what? No, and then, and then it's supposed to. Calm your anxiety. You're giving anxiety to all. Everyone has anxiety now because they look at this dog. Like everybody's taking a picture too because it was like this is a ginormous dog. <laughs> I'm gonna I, try to find it while you guys are talking because I, I had <laughs> I had a dog at LAX lay down a stripe of diarrhea that was like 35 feet long. <laughs> Impressive. And the woman who was who was had the dog just kept moving forward while the dog was just dropping all the way streaks. Of dog poo, and then I saw people wheeling their luggage through the dog oh. shit, which has to be confusing at some point when they load the shit up into their car, and then they're like, "Who farted in this Uber?" And it's like, "Nope, that's your that's your luggage you wheeled through the knew? dog." No, and then and no one had the guts to just say, "Hello, your dog," you yeah. know. Yeah, I showed up too late. I just saw her back and the dog, the trail of dog Duke. Because, you know, you, I get people in my neighborhood I've seen who, while they're waiting for their dog to complete their business, they're looking around like, if nobody's here, I'm, I'm walking. I'm picking this up. I, I have a theory about people in stuff they don't want to do. They're not necessarily liars. They just get really stupid really fast, you know, where they go, oh, I didn't, oh, yeah, I didn't, oh, right. Like everybody who's I've ever lent money to who's never paid me back thinks they paid me back. Like, Oh, I didn't pay you back. I didn't, didn't I pay you back? Like how fucking dumb are you? Yeah. Yeah. You would know. You would know. You, if would you paid know. me back. You don't know, but you don't want to say, no, I'm a bad person or I'm weak or I have low character. So you go, I didn't pay you back that thing. Oh, and here's how, by the way, you know, they know because they agree to do it. Yeah. Which is, if 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 you said to me, if if Eric said to me, uh, you know, uh, I lent you a thousand bucks a couple months back, you never paid me back, and I went, I thought I paid you back. 
if you went, no, you didn't, I, would, I wouldn't go, let me get my checkbook. I'd go, I got to talk to my accountant because I do think I paid you back. Like, I would, I thought. Check your account. See if, I'm pretty sure. I thought I paid you back, but yet I could, all you have to do is just go, nope. And I go, okay. That means I don't think I paid well, you back. It's a little too easy. You, yeah. right. But here's the thing, though. At that point, when somebody continues, because I've had this, I, I, I'm the commissioner of my fantasy football league. Oh, okay. oh here we go. Right, so you gotta, gotta pay you your dues. You, you got to collect, collect money from people. Mm. There was this one guy that used to be in our league, and he was like, you know, yeah, uh, he was like, something's. I said, yeah, man, where's the money? He said, yeah, something, you know, something's wrong with PayPal. <laughs> you know, and I said, I went like this. All right, let me get on the phone for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know, you know, it's like. Sometimes you catch people in this dumb lie, and I'm you. For me, I want to let me see how far you'll go. You're gonna go with it, right? So, like in that situation, I'm like, oh, you want to check your account? Oh, right, let's go. Okay, yeah, call your account right now. Wait, <laughs> right. Go, 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 call your account in. Yeah, Three way call. Let's I'll see. Wait. Let's see. You have the check number. What, 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 what is it? You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Especially in this day and age. Just day and ages, you pull up your phone. You know, right, and you can just like you can just you can just like look up, go to your open your bank thing, put the number, put a thousand, and then all the thousand transactions will come up if you have that many. You know, be like, okay, so when is it? It's like stop. Call their bluff. You now, know. in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of like in terms of dogs, I can't stand this. Don't act new. Your dog is pooping someplace, and you're like, oh. Oh, I I don't even have my <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, there's no bags. Oh the yeah, sure. my oh, dog has oh, to take your, a your shit. Your dog's and... never your dog's never shit ever. Yeah, like you know what you're supposed to do. I hate that. Yes, I hate that. I, I just stop acting new. Stop acting new. Mm, okay, I agree. Get, Amen. Take care of your. Oh, God, it's just it's. You know what it really? You know what the thing is? Is like we don't like stupid. No one does. No one likes when people act like. Out of character of like just societal norms, okay? There are things we all accept, and when you go outside of that, we're everyone has a reaction of like, "What are you doing?" And that's what happened. Even in something like that, Harvard, all that stuff, that's a situation where everyone's like, "Wait, what?" You see a dog, you're like, "What? You owe me money?" Like, you know, you owe me money. What are you talking about? Everybody hates that sort of like, you know, that next step of just being like, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the other and inconsiderate too. When people are inconsiderate, oof. There's a tell. There's another tell, which I bring up periodically, which means the person did did you wrong, but is lying about it. I let somebody film an independent movie at my house once, and uh, then when I showed up. I had this big area rug and it was like moved and rolled up and like in the corner. They never put the shit back, right? Mm-hmm. So then I go take the rug and I, it's a brand new rug and I flop it open. It's got a huge tear right down the middle of it, just wide open, five foot tear right down the middle of the thing. So I call the guys and I go, hey, uh, you know, when you move my, my carpet or something, obviously you tore the rug somehow. It was brand new. It was fine. It was just laying in place and now it's got a big tear down the middle of it. And they go, we didn't do that. And I go, yeah, you did because it was fine when I left, and then when you guys left, it had a big tear. Yeah, well, we didn't tear it. And I go, well, it, it's torn, and I didn't touch it. And I go, fine, we'll split the cost of the. And that's like, okay, for, okay, you're going to split the cost for something you didn't do. You're now admitting you did it. That's that's what I'm saying. When people do the, you know, they go, oh, you you dented my bumper. Who whose fault was it? Oh, well, I think it was your fault. But fine, I'll split the cost. No, no. If somebody just backed into you, you wouldn't split the cost 
of the fender work, right? You'd go, fuck you, you backed into me, I didn't do anything wrong. Splitting the cost is the, the admittance of guilt is as yeah. well. And you know what? Ooh, I'm so furious. It, this wasn't even my – I'm furious about this situation because not only did they know they tore it, but they decided to wrap the rug up and leave it. That's what you did when you were 13 and you broke a lamp. That's right. You know, like we, that's what they did in the Brady Bunch. Yeah, you broke a Mama's lamp. Mama's face. Yeah, you just like – I was an only child. Oh, so right. like I had like – there was a there was a, I remember breaking a lamp. And looking at it for like like 25 minutes and thinking, what am I going to do? <laughs> so what I did was I just left it. And then when my mom came home, she was like, Eric! And I came running in like this. Oh, my God, what happened? <laughs> 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 what did you do? Did you, you know, because I was like, what, what are you supposed to do? So it's like that is, that's infuriating. Yeah, you know what? I realized <laughs> I've never really thought about it, but... Um, the breaking of the lamp wasn't really the crime. It's how the lamp got broke. Because your mom told you a million times not to throw the ball in the house. Exactly. And that's how you broke the lamp. Somebody needs to occasionally break a lamp doing homework. Yes. Like, oh, I was writing so feverishly that my arm slipped off the pad and it hit the lamp and I broke the lamp. Because if your mom came home and there was a broken lamp and she went, was it you doing homework again too vigorously? (laughs) She couldn't be pissed. But the only way the lamp breaks is you're throwing a ball, you're wrestling, you're playing grab ass, you're doing something she told you not to do inside 200,000 times. Or you have to like get like, you know piece of the broken lamp and you know just cut above your eye <laughs> oh intruder <laughs> and you got to be like i was i walked and i tripped and fell and look what happened you know what i mean uh a couple other subjects to uh get into i went to uh seth mcfarland's christmas party over the weekend which was not held at his house but at the design center in West LA, the Blue Whale. You got a venue. They used to they mm. used to call it. Maybe well, you didn't want somebody messing with his rugs. The uh, <laughs> Blue Whale. I tried to film the orchestra and then turned my camera sideways and got got it all cattywampus. But I love the notion of an orchestra. He had about an eighty piece orchestra oh, playing wow. playing there. I mean eighty. I say 80, could have been 75, but it could have been 85, too. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys listen. I think it's the Bond theme I, this, I gave this you. Feel, this feels like a... So I turned my camera so it's all screwed up. Also made me realize how much I love this Bond theme. Yeah. And it showed, this also tells us how old you are. Yeah, <laughs> I can't handle a camera, and this I like our, the 1972. Our, our, yeah. This is like our coin. This is like the computer film right here. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that got the JFK assassination like this. It sounds great. Look you know, that. you guys can that turn it. You know, I don't know. We don't know how to turn it. Yeah, like you're old, and then the people you have working for you are old. It's like, well, what are we doing? They're just lazy. <laughs> yeah, we're just lazy. Can you fix it? You can in post. Yeah. Oh. Well, we you should know, do that. This is crazy. Like, this is him telling all his friends exactly how rich he is. Yes. Like, you're having a Christmas party, and you're inviting people to a venue where you have an 80-piece orchestra? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this guy's Oh, I mean, wealthy. just listen to how good this is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> 
imagine how you feel. You're one of these people in the orchestra, and you're like, what are we doing today? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah how many dead. private parties yeah. are you Yeah. Like, like, how many private... Yeah, you're like, what are we doing? We're going where? They're all doing something different, which I love. Like, the bass, the horns, the legs. strings. Yeah. They're all playing something different, and it all comes together for this. And I'll never understand what that guy's doing. The conductor? It's just one of those jobs that I just... I don't get. I really don't get because there's even something in your mind that, like, you're you're telling yourself, is it a beat thing? Yeah. Because then I would understand. I'm but always trying to figure never out what on, he's doing. It's never even on beat. I, I, I just need, <laughs> no. I, I need someone to explain to me what the conductor is actually doing. Like, what is it? Just give me, like, in a paragraph. <laughs> why, and, and I never see any, like, I don't see anyone in that orchestra looking at that conductor. Now <laughs> they're looking no. at their music. They're looking. They're, they're listening. You know, it's like, what is that guy doing? And they get so much praise. You know, it, it's it's like when you sometimes when you travel or even here in town, you come across the like road construction, and they have the chick just leaning against the sign that says "slow." You know, <laughs> and you're like, do we need? I mean, Could we get a Christmas tree? Stand and replace this bitch. Yeah, She's but just leaning on a still, sign that, says that still slow. makes sense, though. But we don't really need her. Is yeah. is what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, but okay. yes, and I, he would probably not like that comparison if I spoke to the conductor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can confirm. No, the sign would be the comparison would be the sign doesn't say slow. It just says like you know swallow your food or something like <laughs> you know it says something like you know chew vigorously when you eat and you're like what do we need this on the side of the road? It would be more like that. I mean, this is I I, I just need. Look, there might be a great explanation, and somebody will be like, oh, "There this is, is. yeah," and I'll be but like, not for "Oh, me. but I, you know, I don't think we're going to." The aficionados would tell you, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Seth would probably tell yeah, you, of course. But he was. Uh, Did he sing? Oh yeah, he sung. Tiffany Haddish sung a number. It was. Uh, I so I just love the orchestra. I just love I loved it. I loved looking out. I saw diversity. I saw. Two black guys, all right, but still some diversity, <laughs> some young and quota some old, filled, ah, few Asians you go, you in go there. To Hollywood Bowl? I love all that stuff. Yeah. I, I I just love it. And also, they were doing a lot of themes to you know Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. And you realize how spectacular all those symphonies. It just sounds are. so rich. It's so rich, and then it's then it also makes me realize that. And I always think about this, like when I met. You know, the 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 reason to become successful. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is, you know, being rich and successful for him is is great. But it wouldn't be great if he won full Howard Hughes, you know, right, locked right, right, himself right. in an editing bay and collected his own urine. You know, right. he's taking his million bucks and he's saying, here's what I would do if I had a million bucks. And I'm going to have a full orchestra, orchestra at my Christmas party, and I'm going to get up and sing with them. And it's like, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, he's going to go fly fishing with Huey Lewis. When I met him when he was 26, he loved Huey Lewis, but he never met Huey Lewis, and Huey Lewis didn't care about Jimmy Kimmel. We saw Huey Lewis, me and Jimmy, when he was like 26, 27 at the House of Blues. We didn't go backstage or anything. We just general admission standing in the audience and left now he's going to go fly fishing with huey lewis who's the nicest guy in the world but that's the the whole point if you're going to make money live out those dreams 
You know what I mean? Now, now I, I don't think that. I like it. I don't think Seth likes Huey Lewis, but that's not. That's not <laughs> I couldn't imagine by that orchestration yeah, that he does. I can see that being but a thing. That's fun. not his dream. Twenty-five years ago, I see him being like, one day I'm going to have a Christmas party at a place, and I'm going to have a eighty-piece orchestra. <laughs> I'm going to sing, and all my Hollywood friends are going to come and enjoy themselves. Yeah, it's a nice dream. What's your version of that? Then you, yeah. you've made money in your day. I mean. Uh, you know, like going to Europe and doing a car race or something, something like that. Something I, you know, I like mechanical shit. Oh. So for me, I mean, there's an element of you're like Tony Stark, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like hanging out with Huey Lewis is at Jimmy's, you know, Christmas party is fun, and and seeing people you recognize, like a guy I've never interviewed, but I've always been a big fan of his work was um, Jason Siegel. I ran into mm. when I was walking in. And then he passed me, and I said, hey. And he went, oh, hey, you. And I said, hey, man, I'm a big fan of your work. And he went, I'm a big fan of your work, too. And then we said hi, and then we left. And then I thought, he's a big fan of And I went, no, he just said that because I I just said it. He He, he just fired it back. You have to, if you recognize the other person was on TV or something from somewhere, and they say, you know, if Jeffrey Epstein said to me, I'm a big fan of your work, I'd go, I'm a big fan of your work, bro. You just have to do it. Yeah, you can't follow up Jason's comment with, oh, you're a big fan of my work? Like what? Oh, well, which, by, the, by the way, yeah, you can't do which that. is rude and disrespectful. <laughs> like, you know I don't know what the hell you do. No, if, you a, know what I mean? if a civilian comes up to you and says, I'm a big fan of your work, you can go, thanks, man. But if you recognize that person, even if you don't know, but you know they're somebody from something, then you just say, I'm a big fan of your work. Or, or how about when you don't remember someone's name? I think it's rude when people do that. You go, oh, hey, right. and they go, hey, do you remember me? I go, you go, yeah, how are you? Then they go, what's my name? Oh. That's an asshole. That's an asshole. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, oh, okay. Yes, I'm already, I, you know I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay, let's not make this worse. Yeah, you I know? just got into this. I hate it. It drives me nuts. <laughs> Happened to me in Sacramento. Yeah. Coming up, you remember me? Oh, like, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No. No, it's, I hate it. And, uh. But it also made me realize that it's great when somebody has a handle or a title like doctor. So if you have a handle like professor, doctor, or something like that, then I went to another – I went to Fast and Furious uh, Chris Morgan's party before Seth. And same he, day? Same day. Wow. And he has a best friend who's a doctor. And he's the greatest guy in the world. And I must have talked to this guy for combined 17 hours over the last four years. <laughs> and I fucking couldn't remember his name. But I walk up, hey, doc. Because <laughs> hey, I know nice. he's the doctor. Right. And that's good with him. That's fair. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, you fair. get you get the title. That's fair. Yeah. And I think priests get that. Yeah, yeah. Father. Father. Yeah, yeah. You know, you never have to remember the guy's name if you wow. have the title. When's the last time you talked to a priest? It's been a it's a been a long time. It's been a long time for me. I have a friend. One of my friends from high school became a priest, mm-hmm. and I haven't talked to him in you know thirty five years, maybe longer. Just because he molested you, or just you guys drifted apart? No, we just drifted apart. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Let's take. Uh, I'm also speaking of cars. I'm going later on today to see a preview, a press preview of the Ferrari movie. The oh. Michael Mann Ferrari movie, and I'm pretty mm. damn pumped about that. Because... I just got a Lucid, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got a Lucid. How do you Air like touring. it? I love it. 
The oh, uh, oh, all electric car. Yes. By the way, I, last time I was here, I was I put money down to get a Fisker Ocean. Oh, that's right. Okay. I was can I, can I say that I was going to get a Fisker Ocean. All on the website and everything, they talk about all oh, you can lease. Mm-hmm. They're talking about their lease program that's coming up. I'm on the finish line to get this car that I put five thousand dollars on, uh, you know, a year ago. I think I paid that back to you, but go ahead. Yeah, and then they said, <laughs> <laughs> and then they said, oh no, you have to buy it. And I was like, I didn't want to do that. I did not want to buy the first edition of this car that's going to lose all of its value in two, three years. Because the new car, whatever's going to come out, and this new comp, this company, I'm not sure about. So, you know, I, I asked yeah. about it. I said, you know, I thought you could lease. And then, you know, they were saying, well, we're sorry. And then, so they took, they stole money from me. Oh, they oh, didn't never got back. it back. I never got my 5000 back. I think they paid. And then I just, yeah, they were like, let me check my account. No, I, uh, and then I said, you know what? I wanted to lose it four years ago when I got this Jag I got. And I was like, you know what? I want to get, I'm, uh, they have a great lease program. So I went with Lucid. But I, but I ate the five grand. Usually companies, it's a refundable deposit just to be put no, on the not waiting this, list. Not this company. No. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really like, really, really. And then what really ticked me off too is when I got somebody on the phone. So I initially put down two hundred fifty dollars. You know, you, you got your like your placement, and that's refundable, right? And so then, supposedly, and then it was like, you know, he the guy's on the phone with me. Yeah, you know, that fifty two fifty is not. You can't get it back. So he was gonna also steal my two fifty. But luckily, I went onto the app, and I was like, you know, cancel reservation. And then on the app, it's like, oh, okay, we're refunding your two fifty. I'm like thinking to myself, so you don't even know as a person running the damn company that that's a thing. Like well, it's like it's so maybe frustrating. they know it, but the certain percentage of people that can keep the money. Yeah, well, I just, I just, I feel like that's a terrible way to do business. Yeah, they should give me my damn five thousand dollars back. I was under the impression you could lease the car, and then a year later, I have to buy it. So, but you know what? I was like, it was a year ago. I, I, I dropped the money. I, I, I don't feel that I wasn't thinking about it, and I needed the peace of mind. I'm at an age now where like quality of life and peace of mind is more important than like saving some bucks. You got. Uh, so, so you got the uh, lucid. I got an lucid. air touring. It's yeah, they're the beautiful. It's, they're the, probably it. the best looking fully electric kind of off brand. Yeah, I got a white one. car. Beautiful. And uh, I've interviewed Heinrich Fisker. Hendrick yeah. Heinrich. Yeah, that's his name. Fisker. And I never thought about it, but his name is Mister Fisker. <laughs> Which is, I would assume, I would make everyone call me Mister Fisker if I worked uh, around. If I worked in that environment, my last name is Fisker. It yeah. sounds like an 80s man. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll do some news sure. right after this. Viator experiences. That's what people love most about travel. Whitewater rafting, Hawaii, catamaran, Catalina zip lining. Yep. Done it all. That's the experience part. Viator. It's a website. An app for booking travel experiences like seeing Niagara Falls or a guided Eiffel Tower tour. Over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Millions of real travelers' reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. With Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking using the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences, and you'll remember them all. Do more. With Viator. 
Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. He's dreaming of some white privilege Just like the HuffPost said he had In popcorn tins he was pissing As a child he would listen to his mom shout, freak out in locked rooms. He's dreaming of some white privilege with every dumpster he would die. His early days weren't merry or bright When digging ditches on construction sites Eric Griffin in studio, Eric Griffin Dot com is where you go for all the live dates. I've seen the man do stand-up. He is fantastic. So do not deprive yourself of that experience. Thank you, sir. Um, I also want to say this, which I forgot about, but uh, no, tell me where you're at. I've been flying a fair bit of Southwest recently. Really? Lots of delays. You Lots are of delays. I'm, a, I'm the people's comedian. <laughs> you, well, you want to yeah. go out of Burbank. <laughs> yeah. And the convenience. The convenience oh, okay. of Burbank I means you, you are Bye, Southwest. Everyone. And the last few Southwest flights I've had, I don't mind a flight delay. I don't mind the flight delay where they tell you there's a flight delay because that means I'm just going to sit at the sports bar here in Burbank and have another beer Preach. and watch a thing. But don't don't me load on me plane. on this goddamn yeah. plane. <laughs> yes. They load you on the plane, yeah. and our delay was so long two weeks ago, we had to come back and get more fuel because we'd been idling for so Ugh. long. Then another hour out of Burbank last time. Then, okay. I got a lot to get to. But first, I, I this. let me ask you this. When you <laughs> so you're on the plane, but not only are you on the plane, but there is no beverage service or any kind of service because we're waiting. This is an active runway. This yeah. is an active taxiway. And I'm like, get the fucking card out. If we're going to be sitting here yes. for 90 minutes, yeah. give me a Miller Light. We're just hanging out. We're not doing anything. No, it's active. So you just have to sit there. Then. You get up in the sky and they go, it's going to be a short 37-minute flight to whatever. And you go, great. And then at some point, and I believe, you tell me if you think this is a ruse or not. At this point, I had my last beer 
at the sports bar at the Burbank Airport, and that was two and a half hours ago now. Uh-huh. I just want a Miller Lite. I'm just sitting there. And they do this thing, and they're climbing out, and they go, it's a very short 39-minute flight into McCarran in Vegas, and then the pilot goes... Uh, it's going to be a little turbulent, so I went and instructed the crew just to stay put. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. There better be some fucking wind shear. Like, I'm praying for wind shear. Yeah. We flew all the way. There was Nothing. no turbulence. He just thought there might be some, or he didn't. This yeah. is a good way to save. the crew's bummed on Just it? hang out, ladies. Don't push this cart up and down in this fashion. You only got 39 minutes here. Yes, they do it a lot now. They go, we're experiencing some bumps on the, the safety concerns. I told the flight attendants, go ahead and stay strapped into the jump seats. You don't hit any turbulence. You realize, I've been in this plane for three hours and 15 minutes now. I didn't get one fucking pretzel. Yeah. That's that's where we're at. So frustrating. My frustration is when, when, they're, when you're waiting in the plane, not on the runway, on the gate. Mm. Like when you're at the runway, at least you know there's something going on that's stopping right. us from taking off. But when they board the plane and you're sitting there and you're like, what the heck? It's been an hour. What's going on with this plane? Right? And then they'll say something like, yeah, there's some sort of mechanical like, hey, don't board the plane. Yes, I agree. Until all the mechanical shit has been handled. Okay? Because then it makes me, makes me go, what's going on here? Well, that was on the way out. No, no, I'm saying, like, is know. there some safety checks or some kind of thing uh, going there on? There are, but it's... Then board the plane. All I'm saying no, is... No, what... I'm sorry. What you're... What, you know, I'll tell you what you're dealing with. What you're dealing with here is what you deal with with Hollywood all the time. You know, you go, oh, you're going to do uh, Byron Allen's uh, Funny You Should Ask show. You know, and they go, what time's the call time? 9 a.m. And you go, Okay. 9 a.m.? Yeah, 9 a.m. Then you show oh. up at 9 a.m. Byron shows up at 11.15. And it's like, why do I have to get here at 9 a.m.? And they go, well, we want eyes on you. We want, they just want to know where you are. They just want to know where you are. And so I always go, look, don't forget about what time Forget about what time you want me there. What time are we taping? Oh, we're not taping until 11.30. Okay, then I'll do the math. I'll backtrack it. I'll do the math. I feel like most businesses are this way. Just get on the plane. Now we know where you are, and we don't really care if you sit there for an hour and a half. We know where today, you are. Today. Today. I, I, today I dealt with this. Today. Let me tell you, I had to Uber here today because I was at a, I was at a doctor's appointment with my wife. You know, we were 33 weeks pregnant, okay? And, and the, the appointment was at 11. The doctor didn't come in till 12-something. So I, I actually had to leave Wow. I had to leave to get here in an Uber. My wife's actually outside. She just tracked me and was like, I'm here to pick you up. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> but like what I'm saying is like, I hate that. Like when I go to the doctor, you tell me to be there at 11. I almost want to do like this now. I want to call at 1030. Mark me as there. Right. Yeah. I'm driving. Mark me as there. So when I walk in the goddamn door, I want that doctor to be like, and you're next. That'd be nice. I walked out of the, <laughs> I walked out of the room to be like, babe, I gotta go. My doctor's walking down. The doctor's walking down the hall on her cell phone. I just, oh hi. I said, yeah, I gotta go. She's like, I'm gonna be right in. I'm like to myself, like there's no, like no, uh, there's certain professions like this can't happen. What I hate too is like you know you're flying right. You got a connection which is annoying right. But don't have my connection be 20 minutes in between. United Airlines does this all the time. You know, you're getting to Denver 
and your next flight is, you know, 30 minutes. Then Now, when you're in the airport at LAX and they're doing that whole like, oh, we got a mechanical. Now you're looking at your thing like, am I going to make my connection oh, flight? Missed one the other week. Yeah, like, am I going to make my connection? I, it's like, right. There's no regard. Oh, uh, listen. <laughs> now flying out of Vegas last week. Flight gets kicked back about 20, 25 minutes. Fine. Who cares? Get on the flight, and they're like, Air Force One is landing. Oh, yeah. And all oh. airspace is restricted, and we can't go anywhere until Biden gets off the oh, plane. Oh, yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, what's Biden even doing fundraising at this <laughs> I have an answer for you. But- at this stage. And then I thought of my answer that wouldn't apply to me, McCarran, but he then comes out to Los Angeles. Uh, Eric, I want to know what you think of this idea. It's the greatest win-win ever. All the presidents, well, the Democrats come out to L.A. I don't think the Republicans do. But I remember Obama came out, and then he's going to Barbara Streisand's house in Malibu, and they got to close every road and uh, put the birds in the air, and you can't get down the 10 because of the motorcade. He's got to go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles on Pico, right? so we can't even get around there. And it's at 5 in the afternoon on a Thursday, you know, (laughs) and they got to lock down. Like, we don't have enough problems. I would say, why are we doing these fundraisers at George Clooney's house or at Spielberg's house in Beverly Hills? You got to get through LAX to Beverly Hills. You got to go right through the heart of the city. They got to lock down everything. It's a total shit show. Have the fundraiser at the hangar in the airport, and you get to go on to Air Force One, 10 at a time. You know what I mean? You, you paid. Eight, you paid 80000 bucks. you sit with Obama, you do some meet and greets, you get some dinner, and then at some point we break you off into groups of 10 and you walk on to Air Force One. These guys, like you. they've been to Spielberg's house a million times. They've yeah. never been on Air Force One and we don't have to shut the city down. Yeah. You just fly in, put some velvet ropes out, you know, yeah. make it take, nice. Take everybody to Chili's too. That's you know right. what I mean? Yes. And, and, then, we, and then we're ready no to go. No shutting down the city. Yeah. And the president doesn't have to leave and do the whole four-hour motorcade either. He just gets back on Air Force One when the, they're the done and they thing. leave. This happens a lot in Vegas. I, I, I was I, this happened to me too. Really? But I had a there was a great flight attendant, great flight attendant. The lady, the people are getting on the plane and they're taking their time to pick their. It was on a Southwest flight, you know. And the lady went on the thing. She goes, "Hey, everybody, you're not picking out furniture." Right. I need you to get and sit down because we're not going to be able to leave because of Air Force One. And it, everybody was like, and then, it, and then there was like those people who were like, all right, you know, I, I, I want to get home. Yes. When you're leaving Vegas, there's a lot of like energy of like, hey, I just lost all my money at the blackjack table. Or, I, I just shouldn't have come on this trip or right. whatever your thing is. And you want to get home. But I like that idea. They, I think there should, they, I think they should have some sort of like presidential hangar. You have all your parties and stuff there. They can make it look fancy, and then boom, you're out. And you pull Air Force One right up in there, and people get a firsthand look at Air Force One. All right, I'm let's do you. some news. A lot Chris. of security issues. Well, there we go. Um, and by the way, Southwest, you're heading out into Vegas. They should have made it good. A roadie on the way out. Here's your Miller Light. Yes. Walk out with it. I agree. Um, but the reason <laughs> Biden was in Vegas is because he was announcing a uh, that they were going to be spending a few more billion dollars on some high speed rails. So uh, yeah, yeah. So high speed rails where? Well, what <laughs> they've been talking about been it talking since about I was it. in junior what high. What happened to Elon's tunnel? What happened to all that stuff? Elon's tunnel 
is in Vegas. It's under like the convention it center. It goes under the convention center. I think he got bored, you know? It's Literally. Called, yeah. The, the boring company. Oh, okay. Well, then, I, cause <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be some big, you know, underground tunnels all over I, LA and, and people everything. People were talking about they're going to go through the Sepulveda Pass, you know? We're right. gonna, and I'm like, that no, would have been not. a better use of that $44 billion, don't you think? Yes. Of course. Well, so he, but Biden was in Vegas, so they, they said that they'll give another $3.1 billion to boost the, uh, the early phase of the high-speed rail connecting Merced, Fresno, Bakersfield, running through the oh, Central Valley. That's going to be a game changer. All the way to L.A. too? Um, well, they still got to fi- fix the Central Valley. Why haven't they done this, Adam? Why, why don't we have a bullet train from L.A. to frickin' Vegas that takes like what? A bullet train would take what? What tops? They say, well, they say two hours on the one they're doing, but a bullet train could do it faster than that. But even yeah. if even if it's two hours, that is faster than the process of going to the airport, going through security, getting on a plane, landing, getting your luggage, whatever. Like it would oh, be not only that, but train travels infinitely better than a Southwest flight. Yeah, you can walk to the bar car, get right. a drink, sit what down, are you talking sit about? across from the person. It would change. And the Vegas, uh, my idea for the Vegas one is they would have slots. On the train, and the second they crossed a magnetic strip buried <laughs> in the Nevada border, Boom. as soon as it crossed, it light up like a Christmas yeah, yeah, tree. Yeah, like that's people, the money. People at like 41 minutes into the trip would be standing around the slots, you know what I mean? <laughs> the front of the Waiting train. with the dice like this. <laughs> Cross, prostitutes would fall down from the ceiling. It's like, as <laughs> soon as you cross uh, like, Nevada, it would just light up like a Christmas tree, the I, whole train. That, that sort of transportation. Free drink. That sort of transportation would, one, change California. It would change – because if you could get from L.A. to Vegas in two hours and it was going 24 hours a day, you would not need to live in L.A. Yeah, or I could get a job as a blackjack dealer in Vegas and just commute. <laughs> that's you know? what I'm saying. That, What's that's what I'm doing? Like, it's like what, uh, he's working at Binion's. That would be how awesome would it be? You go to the blackjack table and you're like, there would be a part of you like, is that Adam Carolla? Yeah, <laughs> you know, comedy pays some bills, but don't pay all of them. Yeah, uh, it's just a dream. Now that will be his Christmas dream. He was like, I always wanted to be a blackjack dealer in Vegas. Well, my dream is to correct people, and that point, you know, every. Every casino has their own rules. Like you put the chip down on top of the cards. Like, sir, put the chip next to the car. <laughs> when you want to hit, like, some of them's like tap. Just, you know the what? others like eye I just, contact. I like, just realized you couldn't be a blackjack dealer because you are so obsessed with the minutia of things. <laughs> What's with the, the mouthpiece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would be over there like, sir, can you not hold your cards that way? You know, it would be a whole thing. The, the one round oh, would I take could never like do 20 it because, minutes. Yeah, because no, I would be blackjack dealer and I'd have a three showing and I'd have some drunk guy. Hitting with 19, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I go, Really? You, I can't, by law, I have to take this card and I have to hand it to you. Yeah. But if the, I were you, and the, 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 the casino guy would come over and be like, Adam, can I speak to you in my office for a second, please? Right. The like, pit boss. The pit boss There'd would come over, Adam, can I, cause you, what, what are you doing? And I'd go, You're not the pit boss of me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on this goddamn train and go back to NoHo. Yeah. I'll be there in less than two hours. That would be. I, I don't know. I, we need. I don't, but isn't it just like red tape? Isn't it just California red tape? Why we haven't got this bullet train done? Uh, yeah. Trust me when I tell you, I grew up in this town, and I remember in high school sitting at my desk talking about the train. 
that we were going to oh, build wow. from L.A. to right. Vegas. In Very high school, yeah, we were yeah, having yeah, that yeah. conversation 40 and, years and, ago. And by the way, there isn't a train, right? Like, you can't no, even get no. on an Amtrak and go, right? No. What it is, all right, here's what's going on with trains. Trains are a metaphor for successful European and Asian cultures. And California fancies itself that, like a progressive Eurocentric. And they go, oh, I came back from Europe. They have high-speed rail. It's beautiful. It's clean. It works. works, In Japan, they have the bullet train. And we go, that's evolution. That's what we need. And then we come back and we pitch it, and it doesn't work. We can't, we can't pull it's it off. It's red tape. Yes, it doesn't make any sense. It would be so like beautiful. Even even from even a train going from L.A. to San Francisco to like that's like zip zip zip. I mean, imagine being able to live in like San Jose or, or all the different places, or San Luis Obispo. Yes. Imagine you can live in San Luis Obispo but work in L.A. because there's a 30-minute bullet train yeah. that goes every hour. And you can work on the train. I mean, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. No. What are we doing in this state? So the, the L.A. to San Francisco train, so, I mean, that that cost because of the overruns and the, the delays swelled to over $100 billion. So they're not doing it anymore. We're just keeping it in Central Valley from Merced to San Francisco. Uh, oh, but, but, we're but, not but, even but, doing but in, that? But in France, I mean, in France, they're doing this kind of stuff. At a fraction of the cost that we're that we're doing, like you know, other places they don't have this kind of red tape. They yes. just go, we're going to exactly. make this, it's going to go. But in this thing, it's all glad handing, and you know, it's like, well, who's the contractors, and what's the 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 you know, what city is this going oh, through? Oh, the Sierra Club. Yeah, they got to get all this indigenous species. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, uh, oh, that's them. a whole other thing. That's, that's a whole thing. other thing. Man. So yeah. uh, I say we're not doing that. I mean, it's just so far on the back burner now because they're now just going to focus on let's see what we have and let's do it there. So they're going Merced to San Francisco. That cost is going to be about just for that is thirty five billion. Yeah. And so they just got another three billion. So about twenty five billion has been secured altogether. Yeah, but where's is this money sitting in a Bank of America checking account? <laughs> like, yeah. where's the money? You know what I mean? Like, it should be earning interest at this point. Whatever the initial <laughs> hundred billion, it, somebody get a calculator. Just they could have had a hundred billion in a savings account twenty five years ago, earning four percent. What kind of money would they have now to to do this? Like, where's this money? Like, you know what it is? We're so blissfully ignorant and silent now that we just kind of like are just going on with our lives and all this nonsense is happening. And then occasionally someone will be like, my tax dollars. But do you really know or care? No, we're all right? complicit and we're, we're yeah, all soft. Exactly. And, we're complicit in all of and this also, nonsense. I don't know why they brag. They always go, these are shovel-ready jobs. Like shoveling sounds like some, sounds like the worst job in the world yeah, yeah, that yeah, people yeah. have been doing for two million years. Yeah, and, and who do you think's doing that work? Yo, rich, white. Oh, no, wait a minute. Yeah. Shovel-ready. Well, anyway, so the Vegas, the Vegas rail. So they said that they're going to break ground next year. Oh, I read the article. Three billion said we we break ground. Breaking ground? It's nothing from here to Vegas. It's nothing. (laughs) What ground are they breaking? They got to (laughs) break ground. And they said the completion date is going to be one day after Adam Carolla dies. (laughs) That's what I heard. So they don't know exactly that yeah. date, we but they said that. yeah. we will, that's like, when Adam dies, that'll be the inaugural the run. That'll like, be when we run it. Yeah, he's like Pete Rose, you know what I mean? In terms of like the, the day Pete Rose dies is the day he will be put into in the, the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah. Yep. 
That's you know? what they said. Yeah. When Pete Rose and Adam Carolla die, that's when we're going to get the bullet train out. and Hall of Fame. So yeah. you're the one holding it up, Adam. Yeah. Well, uh, just a completion date. They could have started <laughs> whenever they wanted. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to leave from Rancho Cucamonga. Wait, wait, wait. What? what? Yeah. Yeah, they said so. The the big, the the Brightline West train will be travel from Rancho Cucamonga to Vegas. So this you can all, sit in your car for two and a half yeah, hours and drive there. to Rancho yeah. Cucamonga. Yeah. You know, this is a thing. Time. This is a thing too. It's all about money. Like even in Vegas, it makes no sense that there isn't a tram that goes from the airport. Mm-hmm. You get your bags. You get in the tram after you get off the plane. And that stupid tram takes you right on the strip to every single freaking hotel. Yeah. So, like, when it's time to go home, you just go, all right, you know, you get on the train, and it takes you right to United. takes you right to, you know, wherever you're going, right to Southwest, whatever it is. You know, they don't want to do that because then, like, like you know, oh, here's – you get me on a tangent here, Adam, because I love no. this. You know, what? In, in, in Vegas now, when you get into a cab, mm-hmm. okay, they change – they have a city law now. That it's a certain price based off where you're going on the strip. Uh-huh. So now there's no nonsense when you get into the cab. You get into the cab now. Before you would get into the cab and they'd be like, what route you want me to take? Oh, yeah. Or like, okay. I know a back route. Yeah, yeah. Because they know they're, you know, the freeway's better. Because they know they were scamming us this yeah, whole yeah. time. Yes. So now you get into the cab and they don't even ask. They go, they, they got it because they got to get the next fare. They right. got the next affair. So it's like it's all this like anytime money's involved in this kind of stuff, this it's never about efficiency. It's never about quality of life. It's all about somebody's pockets. Yeah, man. Well, that's the American way. And we've at least And we're I've thriving on we it. Know. Yeah. At least we know. Now we know. All right, what else you got? So Jada Pinkett Smith. Proud woman. Have we have we had enough of her yet? I mean she Like she, you know what? We gotta we gotta like Chris Rock is the new marriage counselor. For the stars. That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, really? Something yeah, yeah. going oh, on? Oh, she said that the slap. This is right. You, you, you go ahead. Yeah, they, she said that Chris Rock, Will slapping Chris Rock has saved their marriage. That's right. Mm. She's, ah! she's calling it the holy slap. Wow. Yeah. Why? Because she says that it, so many positive things came after it. Mm-hmm. And so and that And she realized after that slap, she will never leave her husband. Wow, this is the, the, the like go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like go away. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I, there's like there, there is like like you basically have zero interest in anything positive about their lives or what they're doing. I don't care what Will Smith movie is coming out. I don't care what she's doing. The whole thing is about their crazy relationship. The fact that they weren't together. For seven years, you go, why did you slap him? Yeah. It's, yeah. It makes zero sense. Everything's tainted now, too. Oh. I mean, and Will Smith, like, I can't, and Will Smith movie even, comes out, I, I can't I can't even support the guy. I loved Jimmy Kimmel on what, what, the last Oscars, the one right after, when, yeah. he, when he, how he was really like, you know, I like how you guys, you know, just do the same thing. Do nothing. And then celebrate the assailant an hour later. You know, like like right. that whole – it's like – it's the whole Oscars audience was those uh, college presidents. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a good good analogy. Yeah, you know, yeah. They were all the college presidents just being like, oh, yeah. We don't know. All right. Can we, can we agree on this? I'm sorry. I can't go into no, that. No, you're right. Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, there's, there's 
three people I never want to hear from again. I don't want to hear from her. <laughs> Love this list. I, Go. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia Vergara. Don't Done with it. her. Done with her talking. <laughs> Done with her. Done with her. Heidi no. Klum, not Bye. another syllable. Yeah. Walk around, look good, shut up. Every time I watch those entertainment shows, one of those three women is chiming in about something. I'm done. Yeah. And Jada. For me, it's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Get out of my life, okay? Go, they go do. They should have a reality show about them trying to get back together because who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Done. Jada Pinkett Smith. Without good AIs getting, you should be able to just mute people from your life, right? Mm. Like every time they come on the TV, your TV just goes on mute. That's a good. You know when you delete? It's like when you delete someone from your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it should just be goodbye. They're gone. Yeah, they don't. They're poof. They're gone from your life. They are at the top of the food chain for the weirdest couple ever to exist. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. have to be right. But, you, but then, like, all the things she kept coming out with. It's so crazy. And then that guy, that guy. Did you see that video of the guy talking about how he walked in on Will Smith there's, and the guy? There, yeah, there's like, some. The, the, his, the way that guy is talking about it, I was like, are you jealous? But just the way. Do you know said, this, Adam? Oh, you haven't heard the guy. Oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, his old assistant. It was murder. Yeah. <laughs> he, Having he gay like, sex. Yeah, he was like, he was murdering Will. And I, I just think to myself, like, at this day and age, in 2023, honestly, who cares if someone's gay? Yeah. Like, for real, for real. No. There's nobody been, cares. Like, there's, yeah, there is. So there's been some weird stuff going on. Like, like uh, yeah, Will's old assistant said that he was gay and he walked in on having gay sex. Like, there was, like, an Usher thing, like a leaked phone call where somebody said Usher was gay. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, you, you think that? Eh, just looking at him, but all right. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, at this point right now, let's say it's true. Would we really care if no. Will Smith no. comes on? Like, if he had a he, – he's with his wife. TMZ's like, Will, what do you think about this? He was like, ah, I did a lot of wild stuff. You know, I had – I you know, I did a lot of wild stuff back in the day. But, uh, you know, Made thanks for asking. I mean – and, you know, and then he just moves on. Where would we go after no, that? No, well, uh, let me explain the phenomenon. Who would care? I'm going to explain the phenomenon. Preach. It's the Lance Bass phenomenon. Oh. We think he's gay for a decade, but he won't say it. The second he says I'm gay, we all go, all right, we're done, and we, tr- we move on. You nobody, tease it a little bit. Nobody cares that Lance Bass is gay. We care that we're not calibrated. Like, it's like how women act. Like, you know what? It's like uh, Bill Gates' wife and how she acted with Epstein. You know, she's like, I knew that guy was creepy. I knew it. I would say it. You know, it's like, what, it's like when a, if, if you're ever with a woman— and she gets creeped out by some guy or some woman. She goes, I don't like that person. You go, what do you mean? They're a great couple. And then at some point later on, it turns out they embezzled and they were into some right, weird right. shit. Now and then, you're... then your woman always goes, I knew it. Confirmed. I knew it. It's yeah. like a I feeling. I never like a, liked them. It's an yeah. instinct they, they have. So like when we have an instinct that Lance Bass is gay and it, he won't say anything, it bugs the shit out of us. Nice. And the second he says he's gay, we don't care. All right, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of weird like it's like in the black community. 
Like mm. Will Smith, Usher, Dwight Howard stuff came out. You hear all like, oh yeah, all that stuff. Too. Well, Dwight Howard said he's doing a podcast, and he's like, I have stories to tell. Oh, Dwight Howard's gay. Well, I mean, there's all these stories about yeah, him like. Well, it's not even just. A st- I mean, like, I, here's what happened. I think like there was a guy that was trying to sue him or whatever, and I think that in the process he probably, he had to admit it was consensual. Yeah. So you know, there's some Obama gay stuff. There's a lot of crazy black gay stuff out there. I don't know. Sounds like a book Adam's writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but crazy black stuff coming out. I don't, Adam Carolla, yeah. right? I think it's more taboo in the black community, yeah, so that's, that's why it's why a it's bigger deal. Yeah, but, but, but by the way, though, I totally understand if you're like, let's say you're, let's just pick Dwight Howard, for instance. Okay. You're Dwight Howard. You're gay. You just want to be Dwight Howard. Sometimes you don't want to be now the spokesperson for a community. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes you just want to be like, can I just, can I just play ball and yeah, and like you know, if I want to go suck off whatever, it's my thing, you know. But now it's like to be now you have to be not just the basketball player, you have to now be the gay basketball player. Mm. And so I I understand why people would be like ah, eh. because even Lance Mance had talked about that. He was like he was like he was gay. Hey, everybody knew they knew. He was like, can I stop doing this now? Are we breaking up so I could go be gay? Yeah. <laughs> You know, because it's like all the girls that liked NSYNC. It was like, NSYNC, oh, my God. He was like, okay, I guess I can't be gay in this group. But he's like, all right. I, I'm just saying, it's like, I think we live in a time now where, like, even when somebody's like, hey, you're gay, he's like, okay, why are you saying that? Like, what? what's, okay, you go yes or no. It, it doesn't I, It doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't, right, I don't, right? I don't it doesn't so. matter. No. I think we're more upset, would be more upset if, like, you know, that comes out and then Will Smith is just being like, we're suing him and all this kind of stuff. That's what they said. You yeah, know, she bored, I don't think it's really, I think it should just more be like, yeah, you know, it's like, whatever, let's just not talk about it, let it go away. That's what it's going to be your playbook. Quiet. Just, you know, yeah, just be quiet. Right. Let stay, it go away. Yeah. We're never going to hear Adam's about it PR again. Tips. Stay just stay yeah. silent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. So also Angelina Jolie, she did a Jolie, she did a interview saying that she would she one she's going to leave Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She's she's done in Hollywood. She hates she just doesn't like the the public scrutiny. Mm-hmm. She says she wouldn't have been an actress today had she gone out in 20 yeah, if she started in 2023. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just too much in the public life. She I mean she's just coming off a divorce. Uh, her kids are in college. She's well, then she did you know, have lots of photo ops of her wearing vials of blood. Billy Bob Thornton's blood and like yeah. making out with her this biological is, brother enjoy the on, on a red carpet. Like there are ways, like, you know what I would say? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, I never know where the fuck she is. I don't know where she's avoided TMZ. Thank you. She doesn't go to the Ivy and step out in front of tour buses Bill, and Bill, stuff. How about Billy Bob Thornton? Like, like no one. Love him. This guy. This guy's probably the greatest actor ever. I don't know where he is. No, and if he's, he's not on I don't Instagram, know what he's thinking all the I don't time. Know what he's thinking. It doesn't matter. Political shit happens, and we know, we know. Billy Bob Thornton says Trump. No, we don't care. And I like that. I don't care. Yes. Yes. So the point is, is there is a way to avoid the scrutiny of the paparazzi, but you have to. Work at it a little bit, I, hence Jody Foster. I don't know if you have to work at it. Oh, you don't have to it. work at it. But it, look, when someone says, hey, you want to go to dinner Saturday night? And they go, how about Craig's or the Ivy? You go, how about we keep it local in Malibu? And then you go out to dinner. There's yeah. a way to, to do it. By the way, by the way, I love when people, they, I love when someone like that is like, well, I'm retiring from Hollywood. No, I think Hollywood retired from you. Yes. 
there's that. You know, too. there's like there's a certain thing. It's like, yeah, we're not clamoring for an Angela and Gina Jolie project anymore, which I think is the real issue. Yes. Ah. Okay? Yes, I I agree. I, like if she was, you know, like Helen Mirren, who was like this like very elegant, glamorous woman who like is still working in her eighties. You know, it's like just just be that person now. Well, I, I think a lot of people don't know how to not be super famous anymore. You know, it's like someone like Madonna. Madonna's like, you know, women over forty five aren't being celebrated. Like, first of all, you're sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Smart. let's 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 be one hundred. I'd be like me going, guys who got under two thousand on the SATs aren't be- you got four hundred, Corolla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's under. Yeah. yeah. So it's like what I'm saying is like at a certain point it's like no, you're being celebrated. You're celebrated. You're you're known by a single name. You're the most famous, popular singer of female singer of all time. You're celebrated. It's just not celebrated in the same way that it was. I think it's hard for someone who was like that famous, that sexually desired too, that you you. Uh, perpetuated too. Are you talking about yourself now? (laughs) But I'm saying like, you know, energy and the Jolie was like, you know, she was the one, you know, she was the sexiest woman ever. And she, she led it. She leaned into it. We weren't like, it wasn't this like, Oh, she's not going to show her. No, she's like, nah, this is who I am. I'm doing this. You turn 40. You turn 42. You got kids who are like older. Now you're like, you know what? I'm not that person anymore. We're okay with that. Move on with your life. You're like a professional athlete who turned 35 and can't dunk anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? uh, You move on. But she's going to like Cambodia or something, right? Fine. But what I'm saying is like. She'll be back. Yeah. It's like, you you know what else? I don't need the announcement. That's a good point. We already know you retired because. Yeah. She already has a home in Cambodia. Just go. Just get out of here. Just yeah. live your life. I love. I like. I would love to hear in fifteen years. Remember Angelina Jolie? I'll be. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got a farm in Cambodia, and she's like you know helping the environment and whatever she's doing. We'd be like, oh, that's awesome for her. That sounds like a great way to you know. But the fact that you have to make all these announcements. Yeah, you're right. Don't make the announcement. I don't need your announcement. Just get the fuck out of don't her life. Right. You know what I mean? I agree. All right. What um, else? So a lot of people are talking about Patrick Mahomes today. Oh yeah, he's upset. He's upset. So during his handshake, you know, the the after game handshake with like Josh Allen, mm-hmm. they're greeting each other, and Patrick is just complaining about that last offsides call. So yeah, it was like the worst effing call he's ever seen. We have the video, but let's just watch. You can you can hear Mahomes complaining during the uh, during the handshake. Yeah, he was fired up. It was a crazy great play. Um, and I'm going to ask Eric, where where what is the neutral zone? I have no idea, dude. Nobody knows what the neutral yeah. zone is because it doesn't exist. There's an end zone and there's a playing field and then there's a sideline and there's a playing field. There is no neutral zone sideline. Oh, right. And there's right. no neutral zone right, right, end right, zone. Right, Did he right. get into the end zone or is he in the field of play? There's a line of scrimmage. One side of it, you're yes. fine. The other side of it, you're offside. And it's what same, neutral zone are same, you in? Oh, oh, no, no, no. No, there is a. What is the there, neutral there is zone? A, there's an like the players can't be touching each other, right? So like the offensive line and defensive line can't touch each other. There, that neutral zone is that area. There's like a foot long area between where they have to line up. But there so is, there's a line of scrimmage, and the defense has to be, I believe, a foot off of that, and there has to be a certain number of players on that line for for the, the offense. Well, for, there's you know. a, there the the balls the ball, yeah, and defense can't be. On the other side of the tip of the ball. 
But they right. can be as close to the tip as they want. They just can't be on – they can't break the tip they of can't the ball. Break. Oh, but I think the offense – I think the offense is the one that has to have – They can you can only have a certain number of players on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so I maybe don't know that's why. the neutral zone. But I that's get the what neutral you're saying. Zone. But what's-his-name's foot wasn't in the neutral zone. It was on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Right. T- right. Yeah. Do you want to see the play or do you just want to watch the handshake? The play is great. We'll just watch the handshake. Okay, here, here's the handshake. Longest fucking call I've ever seen, man. Most likely call I've ever seen. Offensive offsides in that moment, man. Fucking terrible. Good, he's pissed. People are saying he's a, he's a baby about it. Like, yeah, actually, his likability rating has went down. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. but people that know him and talk about him. Already know he is this kind of a competitive guy. Right. Listen, the narrative on someone I don't care about, and what I love about sports is sports is a meritocracy. I don't care what kind of person you are. <laughs> I don't. You know, you're if you're the quarterback of my fantasy team, I don't want to hear about your personal life. That's on him. Yeah. He's the one out with his wife doing shows and and you know like doing this like you know hey I'm this guy. That's who he is. Yes. And He's a competitive monster, also, and that's why we like him. You Not only you get the loss, but you throw – he just threw a ball that traveled 14 yards in the air and got a TD. He would get a TD on his record yeah. for, for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. nobody – I hit a home run in high school that – traveled down the track at North Hobbit High. There was no fence. It just kept going. And I just rounded the bases. And they said I missed third base. And they called me out at third base. But it doesn't go in the books as a home run with an out on third base. It goes in the books as hitting a double. I didn't like my home run that should have been in the book Right, downgraded to a double. And his home run got downgraded to an out. Yeah, So that sucks and uh the next game game, i went to fairfax i hit a triple and they threw me out at first base same thing that's the craziest story ever in the bases that that triple turned into an out that that's what i'm saying um but now here's the thing and i was saying this remember in baseball you used to be able to turn us a double play and straddle second base yeah, the the shortstop or second baseman would straddle wouldn't touch second base they'd straddle second base and they they just called it a double play. Now I think you have to touch it. The rule is either make a rule or don't make a rule. If the rule is you're over the line of scrimmage, then enforce it. Right. If not, don't go, well, people let you go across it a little bit. No one ever calls but, that, but, but you just, know. But, but this is all about like having having real officials or just making it all AI. Yeah, but yeah. I get I get the fact that everyone is pissed. The the point is is the receiver's foot was clearly up past the ball. He right. could have just stepped back. But half they could say, like, "Oh, we've been doing this all year, though." And I know. Haven't called I, it, so that's why. And like, or like in the NBA, like traveling yeah. or yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, like, no. There's there's a bunch. How about the tackle on the offensive line leaving a beat early before the ball is snapped? Those guys leave. I mean, they don't go forward. They go into pass mm-hmm. protection a beat before the ball is snapped. They don't call them offsides even the quarterbacks with the countdown clock if they get to snap off a second after it oh, goes I, to zero I always th- think that. they I just always think you. like oh there is a penalty right but they let but you the have problem it. is it's because we have instant replay so that's what they do. yeah all right we got the uh founder and former ceo of panera bread ron shake he's uh gonna join us uh 
You want to hang in, Eric, or we're cutting you know, Eric my, 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 oh, your, wife, right your wife is outside Waiting like, blowing outside. my phone up like, I yeah. thought you were going to be done already. Yeah, we, we have not let her in. We, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. Hey, guys, you know, thanks for we having can't me. Can't get her a little <laughs> tap water? <laughs> all right. Uh, go to ericgriffin.com for our live shows. Always great to see you, Eric. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll be here with Ron Shake right after this. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, they have a holiday gift guide, and it's here. So if you're struggling with gift ideas, they have something for everyone with gifts starting at under 10 bucks. They've got deals for the mechanic on your list, and you can save on work lights, tools, and more, and help those who like to help themselves. Choose from great gift ideas to help someone make their car look its best inside and out, and Save on cleaning supplies like washing and drying claws, floor mats, steering wheel covers, seat covers. It's all there. The Holiday Gift Guide also has the emergency supplies you need for your loved ones to stay safe. Save now on tire inflators and super start 12-foot jumper cables. The professional parts people will help you pick out the perfect gift for that hard-to-buy-for person on your list this year. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or shoporeillyauto.com. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hey Adam, I was having a conversation with my 17-year-old son about alcohol and he revealed to me that he had tried some vodka over the summer. When I asked him where he got the booze, he said, oh, it's easy. You just send in your fastest friend into the CVS, and they grab whatever they want and run. Get it on. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. Well, Ron Shake is joining us now. He's got a new book out, Know What Matters, Lessons from a Lifetime of Transformations, available wherever you find Finer books, Ron, of course, uh, Panera, we talked about starting that, Iconic Chain, and then uh, Aban Payne, I forgot about that back in the, the day as well. It's a huge industry now, and Ron's here to talk. Good to see you, Ron. Hey, Adam, how are you? What do you think? You know what matters? Do I know what matters? I, You know, my problem with the entrepreneurial spirit is I just have stuff I want to do. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't want to do. And everyone always goes, when you're the boss, you got to do all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I listen, we did the man show for a million years. I had a hundred employees. I didn't want to check on all of them and know what they were all doing or anything. I just wanted to walk in and write and then go perform it, and then go home. I, That's my problem. I get it. I get it, Adam. The business when you when you create a business, when you run a business. I had one hundred and twenty five thousand employees. When you do, the business owns you. You don't own it. One hundred and twenty five thousand employees. I, I will tell you one thing. I've learned. Yes. Get some lieutenants who are good at that stuff underneath you, and let them do it. Absolutely. I mean, we're only as good as the people around us, right? Any 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 coach. Anybody knows that. So, we're, they're, they're what drives us, what defines us. So the height was, and I always think about Panera. There's one in my neighborhood. My kid goes there all the time. The Where pe- do you live people at? Are, I'm in the La Cunada area. Where? There's one, La Cunada. Oh, think about Pasadena, Glendale, California, okay. sort of Got where it. it is. He's but in Boston. So I remember 
when everyone started getting super into keto and then here's this chain that's sort of bread centric and i thought how are they going to handle this <laughs> well everybody wanted us to drop bread from my name right and i said look it i walk into the restaurants and our sales were still strong and i'd see people there and i'd say let me ask you a question what are you doing in panera bread they said you know i came here because you make great salads or you make great soups i like what you do and I think for us, the bread was simply the statement, the platform. It wasn't actually the product. And it was because of that that, that, that quite frankly, we went through, went through Atkins. We went through the keto crisis mm. and stayed strong. So for you, let's get back to your, your roots. Where do you start off and how do you start off? Well, I, I started off in New Jersey. I was a, a political guy. I grew up in the, in the, in the 60s. I really wanted to, to be part of, of social change. And I had no interest in business. I didn't think business was, was really um, what, what I needed and wanted to do when I was in college, a place called Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts. Got tossed out of a local convenience store. They accused us of shoplifting at them, mm. if you can believe it. I walked back and said, the hell with these guys. Let's open our own nonprofit store. And, and I was the treasurer of the student body. We taxed the student body. We raised enough money. There was nobody to run the store, nobody to build the store. I volunteered to do it. And for a, a kid who can't dance, a kid who couldn't sing, I, I, running the store was the most creative thing I had ever done in my life. I realized I loved doing this. I loved the process of doing it. And it really changed my life, Adam. What do you take on brands? I mean, the reason I'm asking you this question is you started off with an idealistic approach to life, you know, that you wanted to change, you know, you're politically based. Yeah. And companies, when I were growing up, I didn't really know their politics and they sort of stayed out of most causes. They just talked about their product. And then at some point they started talking about, you know, half our trucks are made with recycled materials or things, things like that. Now they've really gone deep into a lot of causes. Some of them, you know, Bud Light, perhaps Disney and some other big companies got burned pretty fast and sort of changed direction pretty fast. Budweiser's now with yep. the UFC, uh, Bud Light. And I want to know sort of your take on what they're doing and what they should do or shouldn't do. And, and then how does it, how does it work? Like when somebody says, um, we want to get Dylan Mulvaney to shoot a spot holding our product. Does that go up the food chain? Does anyone raise their hand and go, I don't know, this may, might alienate some of our, some of our consumers? Or how does that work, and what do you think? Yeah, so, so I'd start here. I, I, I think we have to talk about who the constituents of an organization are, of a company. And the, you know, one of the most important constituents for today's young people one of, is, is our own employees and, and how they feel about working for the, for the company, how they feel working for the organization. And so often I felt a, a, a responsibility to speak to issues, to speak to issues that gave voice to the values of our company, gave voice of the values of our, our, our team members, the folks that work there. And in fact, I did. Um, Panera over 20 odd years took very strong positions around food. We were the first company in the country to uh, remove anti, uh, trans fats from our food. We were among the very first to bring out antibiotic-free chicken, first to publish caloric information on our menus. 
I, I tell you a quick story. I remember when, when, when the government was insisting on it in 2010, my industry was fighting it. I said, you know what? If you're embarrassed about what's in your food, you know, why don't you change your food and not try to hide it? We posted it. My point is, we, is ultimately we removed all artificial colors, flavors, preservatives. My point is, um, in speaking to the issues like this, in speaking to issues, we, we spoke to gun control. We spo- I spoke when, when, when the incidents went down to Charleston. And I also, you know, I, I, I think you need to take a moral stand, a principled stand on issues. And you do because your people need to hear that. It's part of the relationship they have with the organization and respect. And frankly, I like to take stands in which 80% of the broader world will support me. I'm not going out there trying to fight battles, but I am trying to add my voice as a corporate leader to what I believe is right and what I think adds value. Well, I agree. And then there are people that are really out there in this department, like Ben and Jerry's, for instance. You know, they're a company that gets involved well, with a lot yeah. of social issues. They, they sold out to uh, a very large company 20-odd years ago. They're not running it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. But they're keeping it quite, kind of quiet, and I, I get it. You know, there's a, you know, boutique beer companies get bought out by Anheuser-Busch, but they keep it on the down low, and they make you think that, you know, Bartles and James are sure. still in charge of their wine coolers, right. you know, which, which I understand. Um, but see, I think the problem comes in that I think the general opinion of the public isn't that we hate um, transgender rights. It's that I don't believe Budweiser believes what they're telling us. I think they're they. I think the backlash comes from not people going, "I hate Dylan Mulvaney." They go. Budweiser, you guys have been around for 150 years. I've not heard a word out of you about trans rights, and all of a sudden you're into it now. That's the problem. I agree with you, Adam. If 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 a leader or an organization sees it as a marketing campaign, sees it as another way to to mechanically manipulate people to take a point of view, if it isn't from from its its soul, it's it's transparently broken. It doesn't work. And and the key the key way to do this is to be consistent over a very long period of time. And I think I ran Panera for 27 years. I was a public company CEO for 27 years. You were talking sports. I ran a public company longer than Cal Ripken played baseball. <laughs> I'm still standing. And 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 the truth is that the way we we went through that is we were consistent in what we stood for. We were consistent in what we were doing. And we really tried to make a genuine difference in the lives of our guests. Who are some of the companies and brands that are doing it right? I always think of like Porsche is just a great brand. Everything they do is just sort of Porsche. And they never, uh, very rarely get sucked into New Coke or whatever the version of that would, would be. But what do you think? I I, I was starting to say this. We see across corporate America. In fact, we see in our body politics this continual, you know, flavor of the month. And we, you know, it's what you were talking about about Bud and 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 the folks there at Anheuser Busch. If all we're doing is chasing that flavor, we don't stand for anything, and everybody gets it. And I think one of the great strengths of Panera, where people understood what it stood for. 
I think Porsche has a vision, a design vision, an essence. And I write about it in the book at great length. How do you define that? How do you develop it when you start a business? What do you stand for? If you don't stand for anything, you stand for nothing. If you're everything to everybody, you're nothing. And I think that what Porsche is, is a very clearly defined brand. And I think if you look around the landscape, the brands that, that stand for something, Patagonia, that, that you know where they come from, you know they're, they're, they've, they've got an appeal, they're speaking to the extreme user. Those are the brands that over time uh, succeed and in, in, in define. I think another good example is Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, you, we can talk about its politics, but Chick-fil-A has been consistent in delivering high levels of service over a very long period of time. You know, 20 years ago, Chick-fil-A was worth just a, a small percentage of KFC. Today, it's worth magnitudes of KFC. What happened? They had a different level of service, a different level of experience. They were able to grow their sales more rapidly because of that. Standing for something matters in what you do and what I do. I remember they didn't have Chick-fil-A in L.A. for a long period of time, as, right. I, as I recall. And I remember many years ago for Jimmy Kimmel's cousin Sal's birthday – which we threw at my house, probably would have been the year 1999, maybe 2000. Uh, not only did we pay uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper to come to the party, because that was Sal's favorite wrestler, but Jimmy, I think, had had someone drive out of state to get Chick-fil-A. Hey, do you remember when you bought Coors Beer only in Colorado and, and, and guys would... would- Bring it back in a suitcase on an airplane? Same thing. Well, I only know it from smoking the bandit, but yes. I got it. Yes. Yeah, and Chick-fil-A does it right. And, you know, I know that Chick-fil-A is religious or conservative, but they don't hit you over the head with it. I I don't see it as part of their their world. I just know it. I think they got in a lot of trouble around gay rights in which they came out against – essentially uh uh civil marriages and the like and there was a and they were funding their southern baptists they were funding um these organizations and uh, i know in boston where i'm from boston actually outlawed chick-fil-a oh. even operating in that community at the airport at the airport too, anywhere right. in the city right and, and yeah and they couldn't get a permit and and i think that they went through that because their defining characteristic is not their political attitude, but their defining characteristic is the level of service. When you walk into Chick-fil-A and somebody says, thank you, sir, for coming. Good morning. May I serve you? That's fundamentally different than when you walk into so much of fast food where they go, please don't excuse me for somebody who cares. Mm. And, you know, and, 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 and you've had that experience when you walk in and, you, you know, that you're hungry. The choice is between allowing the people that are behind the counter to serve you if I may say, and, and nothing. And, and all too often, starvation wins. And what we, right? Have you had that experience? I've, my experience with places like In-N-Out Burger yes. over here is markedly different than Jack in the Box. There's just something different. Sometimes it's body language. It's a smile on the person's face. They have a little pep in their step. There's just a... Uh, a sense of self-respect. Yeah, but... A but it, of, well, and respect for you, right? Well, I mean, for me, like, I, I'll uh, I'll give you a... 
talking about sports. Um, I always remember playing Pop Warner football and even high school, but somehow it was more acute when I was playing Pop Warner. And you'd, you'd go and you'd play these teams all over the city and some teams you didn't play before and you didn't know where they were from and they're from what seemed like a long ways away and whatever. And you, you didn't really have any idea what to expect from this team. But when you would line up on the very first snap, and they would all fire out like in unison and stay with their blocks and then hustle back to the huddle and then break the huddle with one unified clap and run up to the front line, I'd go, oh, it's going to be a long day. Right. I knew who these guys were. One play, I knew how these guys were coached. I knew how they played. And I knew this wasn't a lazy team and it was going to, it was going to be a battle. And you kind of get the same experience just walking in to a business. I was, and you know, Adam, what that is, is a business that's well run guys like me who've been around it in my life. You can feel it when you walk in, there's a level of discipline, a level of self-respect, the place holds together. And in and out is another great example of people that of an organization invested in people it doesn't do anything all that complicated. It's just hard to do over and over and over and do it with kind and decent people. And here's the, here's the reality of corporate America. I don't know if you've been in it, but the reality is so many companies are flawed in their ability to get done what they say they're going to do. Businesses are complex there. You know, just imagine having 100,000 people and getting them all to run the same play. Right. And what that takes and how you do that. And one of the things that I, I tried to write about in the book was actually how do you do that? How do you get 100,000 people marching in the same direction and caring and staying in the place and doing their job and not blaming each other? And, and it, it, it's so essential. And what amazes me is how often corporate America fails at it. Well, somehow In-N-Out Burger and Chick-fil-A has been able to inculcate that into people, a climate that other businesses don't. I'll tell you where I really notice it. Chris notices it too. I was just down at the Daily Wire in Nashville, Tennessee. Everyone in there is totally respectful, friendly as hell, and you're like, yes, sir, no, sir, stuff. Stuff when yeah. you're from LA, you're not used to hearing I young people treat treat you that way. Yeah. Here yeah. it's like everyone's just looking at their feet, <laughs> going, I don't know, man, it's not my problem. They're like, yes, sir, no, sir. Can I get you a glass of water? It's jarring. It's jarring. It's jarring. jarring. And I don't know if everyone sat down and told these people, this is how you have to act. Adam, let me tell you, it's not about what you tell people. It's hiring people who have that in them. Mm. So there's an expression I love. You can't teach a pig to sing. I can't make you do something. I can find people that have those kinds of values that kind of sensibility, and I can give you a space to survive and succeed and prosper. And that's what a good business leader does. And well, there's also a culture, a culture bad and a culture good exists, which is if you do try to show up to get a job at In-N-Out Burger and you have a bad attitude, you're going to be surrounded by 14 people that have a different attitude and you're going to be the odd man out. And Conversely, I've been to a million businesses where everyone behind the counters an ass. I mean, you you feel the same energy from you go. Let me talk to your manager. You know, and the manager comes sl- slumping around the corner, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's as bad as as you are." And Adam, that's, I think you're ready to run a restaurant. I, I am. am. Yes, I, I mean seriously, we're going to get you an apron. 
and maybe a cap <laughs> and put you to work. No, it's the key. The key is those folks. You don't do the work. You can't as the manager. Right. I can't get people to do anything. What I can do is find people that get it, that understand it, and create a direction. Over, and then over. find mechanisms or systems to engage them and help them to give what they're capable of. Yeah, over over all the years that you've been managing these hundreds of thousands of people, have you noticed a change in the average American employee? Uh, I think there's been good people for forever. I think there's still good people. I do think that there's a bit of uh, a slacker attitude that has grown in my in, in our kids, all of them. You know, a, a sense that you know I, you can take this job if you don't like it, and I'll walk down the street and make 25 cents more or less. I, th- I think, unfortunately, our whole society has gotten a little bit more that way. A little less respect, a little more uh, sense that, that everything is is tradable. Um, mm. And, you know, everything is transactional. And, you know, I think one of the things that we try to do as an employer, I try to do, is to create environments that respect people, that treat people with respect. And, and then we can find people that are that that have that in them and ask that of them you know here here's the the thing the the average person anybody you hire you know left their own devices will give you 30 or 40 percent of what they're pot they're capable of our trick in running organizations is to create the kind of environments that get people to give you 80 or 90 or 100 percent because they see it in their self-interest because it's who they are it's because our compensation systems work because they have something in it for them and that's the way we all work. And and leadership is very much about that. Yeah, I think the self-esteem movement has definitely hurt the cause for for sure because you're really asking people to not think about themselves so much and to go do a job. And it might not be a job, especially at the beginning stages of the job that's very glamorous. And now everyone looks at themselves as an individual. And when they look at yourself as a special individual, it's hard to join a team and adapt an attitude because you're essentially having to be a cog in a machine. Absolutely. But but I would argue that. And I would say that the smart managers, I hope you'd say this about us. I know you'd say it about Chick-fil-A. We're trying to figure out how do we cut people in so that they share in what's created. Uh, A manager of a Chick-fil-A, I was just reading the other day, can make hundred to half a million dollars a year because they're essentially company-owned franchisees. They're cut in. We had a program called Joint Venture Partner. We have it in my, my company today where we cut them in for a percent of the profit because, you know, there's an expression, right? I, I'd much rather hang on to a galloping horse than kick a mule. I want somebody running my restaurants who care. I want somebody in those restaurants that's excited, that's looking and knows how to run that restaurant, knows how to hire the kinds of people that we're talking about, knows how to build that kind of thing in. And if you're able to do that, Adam, I'm going to get you a job where you can make a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year or more, because that's a unique and powerful thing. You brought up saturated fats, I think, when we were talking about your brand earlier. Trans fats. Trans Trans fats. fats, sorry. I'm not sure. What is a saturated fat and a trans fat? But seed oil and all this stuff, it's, it's, it's proving to be a, a scourge now. It's everywhere. It's, on, it's in every ingredient. It's in every salad dressing. It's in every cookie and cracker. It's literally sure. every chip. It is, it, is, it, it is not escapable. 
at this point and appears not to be doing anyone any good. And I've heard a company or two who said we're going to not sell anything with seed oils in it. Maybe it was a Sprouts market or something more of that or Irwan or something, something like that. Where do you think we're going with that and health and as it pertains to, let's say, fast food? Yeah, I, I, I start by looking um, at what are the deeper trends, not the fad of the moment. And I think one of the deeper trends you read about over and over and over is first, um, less processing. And, you know, oil is a very heavily processed product, the way in which it's made, the way in which it's formed. And I think you're moving increasingly into less processing. As an outgrowth of that, um, there, there is a movement. The number one diet in the country is the Mediterranean diet. Uh, if you, your doctors are talking about it, U.S. News and World Report are rating it number one. Um, we're a, I'm the chairman of, and we're a very large investor in a company called Kava, which is the dominant Mediterranean chain today. Went public four months ago. Got a $4 billion market cap. Powerful, powerful company because it speaks to the way your doctors you are telling you, Adam, you should be eating, which is a, a, a Mediterranean diet. Yeah. Kava's yeah. delicious. Lots of yeah. olive oil, probably, and less yeah. seed yes. oil. They right? use, yes. yeah, they use... Less processing. You know, we're talking about hummus. We're talking about red pepper hummus. We're talking about crazy feta. We're talking about lentils. You know, and, and that's the kind of way you want to eat. Your doctors are telling you that. And, guys, you know, guys that have come along like kava, which, which, you know, we think the world of, who are able to deliver that experience are going to be the winners of the future. Are you finding that, you know, I was talking to somebody and they were talking, I think I was flying southwest from Vegas or something. And my guy well, that's was, your mistake. Yes. <laughs> the guy I was traveling with was talking about they're going to do a Concorde 2 airplane and it's going to get to Europe in two and a half hours from New York and so on and so forth. And I said, yeah, the Concorde, Airplane is, you know, 50 years old, 45 years old or something at this point. We and retired. Ha- and retired. Yeah. We had the technology. That was always the future. You're going to be able to get to, you know, New York to L.A. in under three hours and so on and so forth. But at some point, the airlines figured out people would rather pay and buy a cheap seat and have a slow flight than have an expensive seat and get there in half the time. And they sort of did that. And. Fast food used to kind of be that way. Look, it's not going to be the best, but it'll be cheap and you can feed the whole family. Um, I feel like people are willing to pay now. Yeah. You know, maybe Starbucks well, did that. Five bucks for I, a cup I, of coffee. I mean, but, I mean, I, to be honest, with, I think that, you know, in the early 90s, I think Panera, actually, Starbucks, Chipotle a little later, we, we were we really were created from that view of the world. You know, in the early 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, fast food was evolving. It was developing. It was the antidote to the in- independent restaurant. It was consistent across the interstates. It was, uh, you know, food that you could count on. You could take a burger. You could take fries, pizza. You could take chicken. And you could take that product and make it consistently and good. And it began to evolve. By the early 90s, there were 60,000 fast food units in America. They were self-service gasoline stations for the human body. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon, like nutritional cocaine. The quickest way to get any nutrition in your body was hit the drive through And guys like me in the early 90s, guys like Howard, came along and said, you know what? People want something more. Not everybody, but one out of three consumers want food 
that, 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 that leaves them with a different feeling. And we began to imagine that if we created environments that engage people, had people that actually cared, um, served food that, that, that people felt respected them, we could elevate people's experience. So what came along, what we did, was essentially change the currency. The currency of fast food, and you got it, was a lot of food for not a lot of money. The currency of what's now called fast casual, which is what Panera is the poster child for, is really a, a higher self-esteem experience for just a few bucks more. Yeah. People will spend a little yeah. more. Not well, That's the problem that, with that, the problem with the Concord is it's not 40% more. It's no. 2,000% more. But people yeah, and, pay and a little more to get to, good that's stuff. That's for three or four more hours. Right. That's I think the point. You're told, that's an extreme. Yes. There aren't a lot of people that could afford the Concord. But, you know, you can come into Kava today and spend – nine, 10 bucks and get real food. That's Not, the new, that's the yeah. new model. Yes. Uh, let me give the book a plug. Know what matters lessons from a lifetime of transformations. Ron, uh, thanks for joining us. They could care at him. If you're uh, in LA, come, come say hi and I'll get you in and out burger. <laughs> Sounds good. One of my favorites. First thing off the plane. Be good. Good to see you, Ron. Ron Shake, everybody. Uh, me, Rancho Mirage. That'll be this Saturday. Second show added. First show's sold out, but the second show's there. That's Agua Caliente Casino. Be doing stand-up. Solana Beach coming up January 7th. Couple of shows there at the Belly Up. You can go to amcrow.com for all the live shows. Eric- also, uh, before you do, oh, yeah. I just want to let everybody know the Ace Awards this week. We're going to release it this Friday. This Friday. Special Friday episode. So the Ace Awards, the best show of the year. So enjoy that. Until next time, it's Adam Kroll for Eric Griffin and Ron Shake and Chris Max saying Mahala. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744, and you can get tickets to see the Ace Man. Get them now at adamcarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.